Check one, check two. You sound like you're launching the space shuttle. This is ground control. It's a major Tom. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I can definitely hear Aaron's keyboard communicating with Major Tom. That wasn't my keyboard. It's probably no, mine. That was definitely somebody else's Okay. Keyboard. I don't have my um, other mic hooked up. I'm using the laptop mic, so... That means you refrain from typing. Well, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise it sounds like rain on the roof. Yeah, and it shows up in the file at the end that somebody has to edit out if they can. If they can, which so yes. far sounds pretty good, by the way, though, the one episode you want me to listen to. Yeah, good, yeah. good. I was there at the dawn of the second season of the Proof Exchange. It was a port of call for fans from a hundred fandoms. It could be a dangerous place. But we accepted the risk because the proof of exchange was our last best hope for conversation. This is our story. Welcome back to the Pulp Exchange. I'm P.S. This is Slytherin Actual. I'm Aaron. I'm Richard. Hey, I did an intro. This is, in fact, episode 37. We are tonight, we are discussing a Game of Thrones again, and we are continuing to follow characters as we go through the last portion of the novel. What characters should we discuss tonight, guys? Let's put forward that we should discuss... Caitlin and Eddard. Okay, those are great, good characters. Both of them go together well. We go together like husband and wife and all. Yeah, exactly. Also, good idea to talk about Eddard in this book. Into discussion of Caitlin and Eddard. 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 Edward, um, you don't mind if I call you Edward? No, not at all. Edward it is. Well, Ned. Ted. You, you don't mind if I call you Ted? No, uh, no, as, no, as no, no, no. Everyone calls me Ted. But it's shorter, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, and much less formal. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Ted, Edward, anything. Ed. Eddie, baby, when you first... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't like being called Eddie, baby. <laughs> Sir Ned, all these are All these work. Yeah. yeah. He's a man of many names. Uh, incidentally, do call me Tom. I don't want you playing around with any of this Thomas nonsense. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Ned Stark, who I was very shocked at the end of this book here how he just gets beheaded because so much effort and time is devoted to him in the story. George yes. Martin really goes to a, a very great deal of effort to build up this character and then it's all I, I, I don't want to say all but a, most of it is just cancelled out by this one act by Joffrey. And well, I think we- it's good that he did this because first of all it establishes that the story is basically it's taking a prisoner's kind of author that he's willing to kill off anyone basically because Ned had seemed like he was basically the focal point of the story and he's a huge catalyst for getting the action started and also I think his influence lingers on especially since his children are five main characters well mm-hmm. maybe not Rickon but the maybe best he will be depending on how long it goes you know yeah, you could have Rickon, like, grow up and become awesome. You never know. That would be incredibly unexpected. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. No, Based so on his character to date, uh, doesn't sound likely. Yeah. <laughs> you make it sound like there's some, like, negative reasons for Rickon not to be awesome, but he's just three years old. Yeah. yeah, we don't have enough to judge him quite yet. I mean, we can't even judge him for what he names his dog. Shaggy dog. Yeah, or what he names his wolf. He names the wolf Shaggy Dog. He names it like like it's so a dog. So would he would he name his dog Shaggy Wolf? I think he named his dog maybe, Shaggy as well. I think he only maybe 
maybe Rickon is just trying to keep you guessing by making you think his wolf is a dog so that you go over and you try to pet it innocently and then it bites your arm off. I think it's more along the lines of he tried to say wolf, but he couldn't say it, and he, it came out Shaggy Wolf, and dogs make wolf, so maybe that's it. Maybe he wanted to name Shaggy Dog after a wolf. Are you watching Star Trek? From Star Trek. Maybe. <laughs> Shaggy maybe, maybe Rickon is the biggest Star Trek fan in the entire series. Maybe Rickon is a Klingon. That seems very likely. I can buy that. See, we were going into the outlandish theories from last week. I think this is a good outlandish theory. I think Rickon is a Star what Trek fan. What were our outlandish theories last week? Actually, I think that Rickon is a uh, one of the hybrid Cylons like Hera. I'm just going to throw that out there. Ah. Cool, cool. Interesting one, sir. Not one that's been brought up before, that's for sure. No, definitely yes. not. Who else could be a Cylon? Maybe Danny's a Cylon. <laughs> You're cross-dressing number seven. That's why they try to box her unit. <laughs> <laughs> we never did find oh, out what happened to those or anything about them, so maybe they were well, cross-dressing. Cavill was a homophobe, right? So when it turned out that Daniel turned out to be, you know, Dan yeah, he wanted to be a lady. Like, Cavill just freaked out and couldn't handle it. I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. It's as plausible as anything, I suppose. No, I agree. I think that's I think that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I hate Cavill. But we're not talking about Battlestar, are we? <laughs> oh, no, no, we're not. No. Unless, unless so. this is the wrong week or something. I don't know. Yeah. Talk about all sorts of wacky stuff here. Never know what Every we're third about week, next. we might talk about. First I was game. looking. <laughs> I was looking around the room for some other book or something we could talk about, but all I could see is Time Magazine. No, we we're not going to talk about Time Magazine. That doesn't <laughs> seem like a good idea. I look at, up at the bookshelf and I see Tolkien, and I can sum up my opinion of Tolkien in one word: verbose. And that's all I have to say about that. Oh. You know, at least he's not. At least he's not H.P. Lovecraft. I mean, is that a word? Is all. Oh. A word. Uh, yes, a, yes, it a is. Murloc sound. What? The castle of. Uh, that would be the word. <laughs> the Grail is found in the castle. Ah. Uh, that is your Londo voice. Writing. You use your Londo voice for other other things. Well, that's what's carved in the rock. Thanks also his default British accent. <laughs> <laughs> The back of the throat. Londo's not British. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just, neither is that accent. I'm, I'm just Let's have some tea and crumpets. There's enough a bit of crumpet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it, can I? Every no. time I try, I fail. You fail. Yep, it's true. You fail. Fail. My 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 ambition is to is to do a Londo accent. I was say practice makes perfect. My good and dear friend. Oh, okay, he didn't so, mean practice on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? <laughs> I believe we were talking about Ned Stark and he impacts the story after he's dead. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I was actually thinking about this earlier today uh, after exchanging a few texts with people of who to talk about tonight. And I got to thinking about the kids and so forth. And really, we said in a previous episode that all of the troubles of the Seven Kingdoms begin really after the big troubles, I should say. So they happen after Eddard is beheaded on Joffrey's orders. But really, if you wanted to think about it, you could lay all the woes of the Seven Kingdoms at the feet of Sansa, because it's all her fault. 
Oh, can we not have another Sansa blaming session again? Okay, wait a <laughs> so minute. Easy. That's illogical. I mean, no, no, it's absolutely not. Thank you, Mr. All, Spock. We all agreed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we all agreed on uh, one of the previous episodes that all the disintegration of the Seven Kingdoms and all the, the war and everything happens because of Ned being executed like this instead yes. of. I think that's quite ridiculous, and I'll explain to you. There's numerous times when Ned could have turned back. He could have told Robert no. He could have turned back after Robert made him kill the wolves. Any number of things could have happened that could have not led them to that point. I mean, I think time travel fixed Leading up to everything, there's steps you could have taken, definitely, but the break point was Sansa betraying her family and going to Cersei with what she knew. Yes. That's the break point. And if she hadn't done that... If Joffrey hadn't made the choice to lop off his head and send him to the wall. If Ned would have made the choice to arrest Cersei in the Godswood that night, it would have been yeah. done. You can't right. just point the finger at Sansa and say this is all I mean, if fault. he had gone to Robert with his concerns about that, Robert probably would have listened to him. Granted, I hate Sansa. I think she's a backstabbing little... Can I say the B word on this? Can I? Oh, say yes. That? I think she's a backstabbing okay. little bitch and she sold out her family and then had a major role... And sending the Seven Kingdoms into turmoil. So, but it's not all her yeah. fault. The thing with Ed right there, that happened as a result of Sansa betraying her family. So I think you can blame that on her too. I think it's disingenuous to say it's her fault because I think to blame people, they need to have even, I mean, I don't want to necessarily say conscious because I think she thought she was doing the right thing. And we talked about that last week, as I recall, but I think conscience. I think yeah. ignorance good- of the law is not an excuse and not being cognizant of what you're doing does not mean you're She's blamed. 11 years old. She should She's know better than to turn on the family. It was the queen. But that wasn't the first I mean, family. I can't, I just can't blame her. Yeah, the queen who ordered their wolves to be killed and all yeah, of those other things. That's that, that's another thing I don't understand. For that, she blames Arya. I don't understand why she trusts when it was Cersei who wanted the wolf skin. Because if it wasn't she's for caught her, up in the whole, the queen. You know, I mean, she's taking yeah, I don't understand how thing. Cersei's demands for a wolf skin don't help to shatter that image. Because well, she, she blames Arya. She thinks yeah. that it's Arya. I mean... Her, she's more focused on blaming Arya because she's 11 years old and having sibling rivalry with her sister. Pretty sure that Sansa's older than that, then. Uh, Sansa's 12, I believe. Well, 12, 11, I mean, it's not, she's not an adult. Hey, when I was 12, I knew not to go against my family. Yeah, well, by the way, you weren't in this kind of situation. I mean, you weren't in a life or death situation either, and you. No, didn't I have really this- wasn't. My situations were a lot less important than hers, so it's even more inexcusable. I still, because I, I, this is the sort of society that they have-, have. The sort of society they have is where alliances and family and blood mean everything. But she yeah. didn't know about any of that alliance stuff. Oh, I mean, she. BS. BS. Really? Of you think she would in the court? That's there. That's different than like forming alliances. There's a difference. She she was into so, so all the of the great she so all into, of the great stories have no mention at all of alliances. I just don't think that she was cognizant of that. I honestly don't think she was cognizant of what she was doing. She that as it may, she doesn't deserve to be laid blameless. I mean. I'm not saying she's blameless. I I just don't think she's as horrible as you're all making her out to be. I and think I, she I deserves mean, a lot of the blame. I think she's very young, and it yeah. excuses a lot of her actions. But it does not. Uh, but I agree with Dashwood that she should have some idea that 
you know, you do not turn against your family. And perhaps it's something that's been neglected in her education. Yeah, I would buy that. that heard i think that that may be something a failing of ned stark's that maybe he focused more on his sons in him in, in, in i would definitely buy that i would i would agree oh with gosh. that or not for the very fact of Arya and how much she loves her family and Arya, Arya was interested in sword swords she was clearly more close to ned whereas sansa was more close to kate I think that to well, a degree. I mean, I think I think. Ned okay, 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 okay. P.S. I'm gonna go. Hold on. P.S. I'm gonna go with you on that. I'm gonna say that Sansa was more influenced by her mother. What are the words of the Tully family? Well, no. I mean, I think. I, Answer I, my I, question, I'm not please. Say, what I'm are the words of the Tully family? It, it's something to do with family. Or family, family duty and honor. And can you see? Can you ever see Caitlin? Ever in her life, turning on Lord Hospitelli? I can't personally. I certainly even when not. When there were kids, when the when the kids with the thing with Littlefinger and all that, and Littlefinger well, was I banging. Do, I, do, I really, I I can I can buy that she's not blameless. I just don't think that it's as bad as I'll get out. I mean, I I still think she's 12 years old and she's without. I mean, she I think she was just confused. I want to I want to go there with you. I really do, but I think I'm, I'm I, I can't. I'm having trouble comprehending how how you can say it quite like that. I mean, I I just I don't. Maybe I feel too strongly. I think so. I mean, it's it's <laughs> when I no honestly, this was not something that jumped out at me when I read the book. I mean, not cons- I mean, I always was very sympathetic to Sansa. Well, I I, I picture myself at ten, eleven years old, and I know that personally, you know, I worshipped the ground my dad walked on, and Ned was always good to those girls. Granted, he was closer to Arya because that's just the way it worked out, and the parents raised them pretty well and they knew about family and honor and all that stuff so i mean to just go against your dad directly to a queen who's already shown herself to be a not so nice person oh man i just that's that's bad (laughs) i mean it's certainly her lowest point it happens i mean i don't want to discuss further books too much but i have absolutely no sympathy for any of her trials and tribulations after that point because it's all her fault that she's going through them so she's getting what she deserves i won't say that i will not say that that girl deserves no that's way that's much too intense that's that's she has has some pretty rough times ahead she redeems herself in some ways she hang on aaron how far are you in book two i'm all the way into book four. Oh wow goodness me okay well in that case let me just say this she's still got her virginity does she not yes yes not all that much has happened to her that's that it's is been, it's been a that, that is that is okay uh, i was with you i was with I you trouble that. stomaching that come on dude really let's look at this logically a little bit okay is it really i mean it, it's it is a stretch to say she's lucky she wasn't raped it is a stretch. Well, she is lucky she wasn't raped. Oh, well, I mean, I know, but I mean, saying saying that that means that she hasn't gone through much. There's plenty more that she could have gone through. And for reference, in the Sword of Truth series, a queen is deposed and she is thrown down in the pit. The pit of despair. Don't even think. <coughs> <coughs> with criminals. All sorts of unpleasant things happen to her down there. Character doesn't deserve that, but in the same vein, she does, um, because it's a consequence of a choice that she made. Okay, granted, this is where that being cognizant of what she was doing part comes in, okay? Being, you know, not knowing what you're doing does not make you blameless, but if you're walking down a path and 
you don't see like a cliff and you stumble over it and die. I mean, I mean that's not a very good example, but should have been can't. looking where you were going. How cold are you, man? Weren't yeah. you calling me a bleeding heart liberal in a previous episode? No. Yeah, you, you did. You know the same man. <laughs> I, I am going to splice you in here, accusing me of had a, having a bleeding heart because Bran is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> well, it's hard not to like him after the poor kid gets thrown out a window. Yeah. Well, that's your. That's your bleeding heart there, my friend. How does that make you a, a bleeding heart liberal? That was probably just because me. I'm the only one who felt sorry for him when he got thrown out a window. Well, a I felt sorry. I'm pretty sure I would feel sorry for him like, if he got thrown out a window. That was like Stop one of the moments. Yes, I have you on record to say you do not care at all about Bran. I am a lying liar. Well, well I don't care about Bran, but that doesn't mean I don't feel sorry if he fell out a window. Like, if you come to me and say Bran fell out a window, I'll be like, oh, man, that sucks. But, like, I don't really care. I don't really care oh, about man, that sucks. as a character. <laughs> well, let's talk about, I mean, the fact of the matter is, Bran, what happened to Bran was a result of his actions. His little snoopy ass shouldn't have been sneaking in the window and paying attention where he had no business. Well, there, wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been anything to see if Cersei and Jamie hadn't been doing the boom shabba laba. Boom shabba laba laba. If they could keep well, it granted, up. granted, if they weren't bumping uglies, there would have been nothing to see. But I mean, hey, well, well if, if, I mean, well, then Graham's you're getting back castle. to like, well, this if, if he has a right to go wherever he wants in that home. And look, in the, look, spy on the windows of guests. I mean. No, he does not have a right to spy on guests. Well, Come on. That was not their guest bedroom. They were in a place they shouldn't have been. He was investigating for his father. What the uh, fuck? <laughs> that's, that's a little bit thin there, my friend. <laughs> that's a little tiny bit thin, but... Uh... If we were sitting around a round table, like I would beat you over the head with something. <laughs> Why must you threaten violence, my friend? It's not violence. It's do justice. <laughs> Bran did not deserve to get tossed out a window because he was exploring his home and he heard people where there shouldn't have been people. How can you, how, okay, let me just ask you this. How can you say that Sansa deserves what happens to her based on a consequence of her action, whereas Bran does not deserve what happened to him? based on a consequence of his own action when they're both not really cognizant of what they were doing. But Richard, you have the same thing in the opposite direction. So don't you shouldn't really go poking holes in death because you said that Bran could be blamed but not Sansa and Sansa says and 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 it, Death Roll's blaming Sansa, but not Bran. So either you need to blame both of they them both, or not blame they, not blame either of them. They both have blame. He's not blaming both of them. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. I don't I'm view saying, Bran as having done anything wrong because he was neither. exploring in his home, whereas Sansa went out and deliberately betrayed the family. She may not have known what she was doing or the magnitude of you it. Know, she did not deliberately she, betray the family. You can't say she deliberately. She did not say, oh, I'm going to betray the family. Did yes, she did. Yes, she did. She said, I don't, my father wants me to leave. I don't want to leave. I'm going to go talk to somebody about this. That's a betrayal of her father's wishes. She's only 12. She should know, she was raised courtly. She should know her father is in charge of her. He should behead her ass if she lived. That's what he should have done. Well, maybe that's a little much. If he never found out about it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I'm the cold heart (laughs) over here. I'm not the one advocating the beheading of 12-year-old girls. Well, hey, if this was Iran, we would stone her to death. I'm just saying.
<laughs> and I don't support that either. So well, this is in this is in America either. This is Westeros. True enough. Good which point. Is apparently point. built like South America, but whatever. I thought we were talking about Ned, not exactly. Spain. Yeah. Why? How did we get on? Yeah, the, we suddenly got into more Sansa. And, and Sansa. Well, I think we were talking about fair. Ed's death. Yeah. yeah well, to be fair, yeah. an important moment that. in the series, to be sure. Um, yes. Very, and, very, very. And I, I did he agree. do anything interesting leading up to his death? It's worth discussing. Discuss, well, I'm sure there's something very interesting that he did. He discovered why what the secret that uh, we think at this point killed John Aaron, which is that Jamie um, and Cersei are boom shabalaba. Boom shabalaba. And boom, uh, the, the three royal children are illegitimate. They're actually the products of the said incest. boom shabalaba. Shabalaba. Shabalaba is it? All right, shabalaba. It is. Boom shabalaba. I stand corrected. Yep. Your euphemism for sex is just pleasing to my ears. I just want to say that. Boom shabalaba. <laughs> It's a I Babylon wish I, I, 5 thing, I can't thing, remember actually. any of the that. What was it like? It's an amazing Babylon 5 reference is what it is. <laughs> that, by the way, was one of the few moments I had to actually press the mute button <laughs> while I was watching the show. It was during uh, Ivanova's thing. I just couldn't I couldn't listen. It was, it was oh, too... It was great. It, it was is so great. <laughs> it's replaced the bum chicka bow wow sound for me. You can't just say they were fracking? No? Boom shabalaba is more fun. I like to say frack because it's almost like getting away with saying a dirty word. Well, I like to say frack, too. I like to say well, frack a lot. This I is like an explicit podcast, people. Richard. You can say the dirty words if you really That's want right. to. If you really want yeah, to. Yeah, but the point, what I'm trying to say is that it's kind of fun. When you're a kid, It's you're sneaking around on your parents and you're getting away with saying dirty words and they don't know it. And that kind of little childhood adrenaline is part of what makes me like to say frack. Big fracking deal. Frack. Fracking A. Big fracking okay. deal. Are What's we done? Big fracking deal. Good. Oh, Are yeah. we done cursing now? <laughs> Aaron is offended by pretend curse words. <laughs> That's not very likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. Well, in episode 26, he's the first one to break the explicit barrier. That's right. Can we uh, can we talk about well, the Tower of just Joy? Just as historical thing? as Jackie Robinson. The, the Tower of what? The Tower of Joy. Do you guys remember that scene? Tower of Joy. Which tower is that? Is that in the Red Keep? Oh, that is. Is that Lyanna's tower? That's the tower in Dorne where Ned, Howland Reed, a couple of other guys, I think Jory Cassell's dad, and a couple other blokes go and fight three knights of the King's Guard, and they all get their asses kicked except for Howland Reed saving Ned's neck. And that's Howland, where Jamie comes in, right? No, James not there. That's, that's Lyanna's death. Is it not? No. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Rhaegar Targaryen had her in that tower, and she was guarded by Sir Arthur Dane, Gerald Hightower, and I cannot remember the other guy for the life of me, but these are said by Ned to be the three finest knights, and Arthur Dane being the Quite a bit. In later now, Aaron, of the morning. I, I, yeah, it was a title, not a weapon, by the way. That was confused about that for a while. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I've noticed that swords don't get names like Sword of the Whatever, but they yeah, get, get single word real names. names. Lion's yep. Tooth. Lion's Tooth. That, that was the lamest nice. name. It was, but it was perfectly suitable coming from a, what, 13 year old yeah, boy? From the house who, whose symbol is the lion. Yeah. So it's not officially his, his house. What is yeah, like I, I, it's so hilarious how they blatantly reject the house of Baratheon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like how Joffrey has his standard done up, and he's got the stag of Baratheon and the lion of Lannister. He's got both they, like fighting each other. I don't remember if they're facing each other or not. I think they're separate, but, but if- it's. It's still offensive that he even has the lion on there. The, the mother's I, house. Why did Robert? Where's his own honor, man? I mean, how can he put up? Uh, I don't know what happened to Robert. Robert. 
used to be cool. You like it's. I feel like it's like you used to be cool, man, and then now you're this fat king who doesn't care that his wife is boom shabalapa with her her brother. I think the reason behind it, the reason he's blind to it, is it's willful on his part because he has borrowed so much money from them. No, I mean, I agree to you to a point, but Robert, even at his death, he's he's too proud in certain respects. Maybe he was just No, blind. I don't think he has the money, because I think, I think it's wrong objectively. So, like, I think even if he had been like, look, there's incest, but, like, I still don't think, like, the Lannister family would have had a leg to stand on if they wanted to then reject Robert. You I know? think he was really, yeah. maybe he's just a, a really terrible idiot because he never seemed to even had an inkling about what oh, was going I don't, on. I, I don't think he was stupid. I think Lyanna's death probably just left him so broken that he just could not muster up the, I mean, he just didn't care. Yeah, I was going to say, you could argue that Robert really didn't even care about his children to a point because he said that at one point, you know, one of his worst fears or whatever was that Joffrey would one day take the throne and that how it was also mentioned about how the babies cried when Robert held them and they never really bonded and, you know, I just... He might not have cared. It's true that he doesn't really bond very well with his children because they're not really his, but I don't know. I wonder how much effort he really put into it, though. Probably not much, but then again, I think that can be chalked up to, you know, depression or something, you know. What was that, Richard? I said Cersei does not uh, Lyanna make, and I think that despite all his shortcomings, that he generally cared about her in his own way and that he was just kind of unhinged after the fact why he hated Targaryen so much and he wanted to kill a small girl and, you know, the lengths he was prepared to go to to eradicate them. It's That's interesting how, how the whole kind of history of the world turns on just that one event. If it wasn't for that, does, does Robert... Yeah, it's all Lyanna. ...against uh, Aries? Yeah. Is it, it's know, not Sansa's fault, it's Lyanna's fault. She should have not died. I'm not dead! Well, I mean, yeah. you could keep going back and back, <laughs> I'm sure. I, I, if the Targaryens did not wed brother to sister, they might not have been insane. It's also true. Maybe if they just stayed over wherever they came from, we wouldn't have any of this problem. And we'd still have kings in the north. How yeah. you like them apples? And kings in the south. And kings all, all kinds over the of kings. place. It's good to be the king. It would actually be seven kingdoms. Kings out the Maybe wazoo. if the Andals never came over, they would still be ruled by the first men. So we'd and have the kings in the, the north. <laughs> we'd have kings yeah. in the north still. And the children of the fourth would still be you know, running around like a bunch of pygmies or whatever. Uh-huh. Well, I think you can blame everybody for lots of things, and it gets a little out of hand, which is what I was trying to show by blame Lyanna. I wasn't seriously suggesting we blame Lyanna. Have we ever considered blaming the serious chain pullers, like the little fingers and the... For freaking uh, Varys? How about we blame yeah. Varys? I'm fine with blaming Varys. It's very easy to not like Varys. Actually, I really do like Varys. I think he's... he's I think he's a good guy. Like, I, I don't think, think he's really a good guy or anything, but he's... he's I mean, he's not... I think a good guy is kind of the wrong phrase to use because, you know, good guy implies like... The thing is, in order to judge whether he's a good guy or not, we would need a chapter from his perspective, and we haven't had that yet. Yeah. Maybe because he has too many secrets to hide. I think that the fact of the matter is his entire goal seems to be to return the Targaryens to the throne. And truthfully, that has in itself an honorable thing because whether or not you like it or not, Robert Thiel is and always will be a usurper and he stole a throne that he had no claim to. Yeah, there is that opinion to consider as well and I think it's pretty valid. The Targaryens are the rightful rulers 
by conquest of the Seven Kingdoms, but you could also argue that Robert is the rightful king because he overthrew them. And yeah, I mean, you, I mean, one of the problems with having your right of rule be by conquest is that means that anybody can con- can conquer you and have anyone right can of- conquest you. Yes, well, I mean, I changed, were, I changed what I said. <laughs> the Iron Throne only existed because the realm was united by conquest, and you know, without that, I think the initial conquest kind of gives them familial rights to the throne. But you know, that's that's a whole nother. But they were nuts. You know, I mean, this is doing you have. Nuts, not always. Well, the king was nuts. Ares went nuts after Duskendale. He wasn't crazy until. He didn't start going crazy. Okay, he didn't start going legit crazy until after Duskendale in his captivity there. Well, part of the problem is the, the whole wedding of brothers and sisters thing is that's yep. going to just breed madness over time. And if, it, you know, a single strain gets magnified, it's the whole, you know, the Habsburgs and the anemia, it's... The madness is worse than that. So, yeah, but, I mean, to be fair, like you have, I mean, that's just a really a cultural thing. We don't know. Well, at least I don't remember ever reading this that specifically because of the inbreeding is where the flip of the coin thing comes from. You, if you look at it, even standard families have madness in them. I mean, we can talk about how sane the Cleganes are or how sane Tywin Lannister is or how sane any number of people are. Now, maybe I, I, think, that, I actually think probably. Tywin Lannister is very sane. I love Tywin, by the way. Interesting. I sometimes get confused and I, and I mix up him and Lucius. <laughs> he has a Lucius vibe to him, doesn't he? He does. It's the blonde hair. It's more golden than platinum. Also, the, the, the richness of the wealth also, I think, plays into yeah. that. The money, the ruthlessness. So about Ned. Yes, about Ned. I think that, well, this might have been stated already. I think that his greatest downfall ended up being his truest marriage, which is to his honor and not to to what, you know, he he didn't really have a sense of, I can't think of the word I'm looking for here, like self-preservation to a point where he was almost like staying. Slytherin enough. Well, true. <laughs> there's a good there's a good point to that and that he is one of the most uh, he's an honorable man and he tends to view other people through that lens even when they really don't deserve they it. Don't deserve he it thinks at the all. best of people. Like he wanted to think that Cersei having been found out would just go quietly into the night when she has no intention of doing any How? such thing. I think that for Ned to even think that Cersei all things considered all things that she's done he he takes a little bit of stands like ignorance and thinking that she's going to actually trot off and just run away like well, um, that's, that's what I was gonna say yeah I think you I mean I, I'm not surprised that he raised Sansa if he's <laughs> you know you, this is sort of similar are you saying her naivete is a reflection of his yeah sort of it is yeah I would agree with yeah. BS on that point I, I would yeah. agree with it to the extent that they both have naivete but his is, is, is comes from his his great depth of honor whereas hers just comes from her youth it's very it's a very different type of naivete well that technically I think that's kind of debatable though like he, he has a sort of a trust in his honor and the trust in the honor of other people whereas she I mean it's the queen she's an authority figure you can trust somebody like that. Granted, that's kind of amplified by the fact that she is really young, but when you come down to it, I think they're very similar traits that both of them share. It's just something that I, I it just occurred to me, and I hadn't noticed it before, but it is something she has in common with her father, that they both, this both happened to them they're with stupid. the same person. <laughs> and the lesson, the lesson we can draw from that is that 
Cersei is a wicked bitch. Cersei is yes. not to be trusted. You did have a very evil tone. Let's not trust Cersei. Trusting Cersei would be a bad idea. It would be bad. Mm-hmm. Do not vote for Cersei. <laughs> yes, no, definitely not. You ever wonder how many STDs she had? <laughs> She's only ever had sex with like. Yeah, one. I don't think I don't. I no, wouldn't say no, that. No, 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 that is not true. She's had sex quite a lot, not just with Jamie either. She was fracking Lancel. Yeah, Lancel. Occasionally, Robert once in a while. Apparently. Yeah. No, actually, actually, I think she says that she she would like always deflect him. Yeah, like all of three times, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, did he, did did he seriously never notice that he had children but had never had sex with his wife? Well, I. Well, think, no, they had because she said her. I'm sorry to cut you off, but she is. I think she, I, yeah, that, I was going to say, I, I'm positive they had to have had sex. I think she planned it so she wouldn't get pregnant. Well, she said that she he got her with the child a couple of times or whatever. She had to drink the moon tea or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she went to Planned Parenthood. Uh, <laughs> and, but as to explaining the other children, I mean, all she would really have to do is notice that she's pregnant. And then she's like, oh, well, I better go have sex go, with Robert. Or yeah. even better also, yet. The fact go, that he was probably it. often so drunk enough he didn't remember. That's exactly where I was going. She gets him into bed, gets him so drunk, and then in the morning, oh, you were wonderful last night. And then, you know, eight months later, seven months later, out comes a kid. A little blonde bastard. Yep. And speaking of bastards, let's talk about Robert's bastards because that's why... The seed is strong. The seed is strong, and that's what all this trouble with Ned which is kind about. Of is that, which kind of is, is shaky genetics, but I guess that's fine if you're in medieval times. <laughs> well, I think I, it's it, only it when the lion mates with the Lannister. I'm sorry, Aaron, go ahead. I was going to say that uh, black-hairedness is um, is dominant, so it would make sense mm-hmm. that his that that trait at least would be more powerful than say yeah. If, if they knew anything about gene theory, they would know that something's up because there's no way those kids should have been blonde haired. Exactly. But, but yeah, they don't the, know anything about it. The Maesters might know something, but I think it would be very hard because this is even the time period that they are in would even be pre Mendel matching up wise. Like this is like the fifteen hundreds or even earlier, I'm not even sure. Thousands of years ago. I think we're I think we're assuming that they have the same understanding as humans on Earth did. I mean, it might be similar time periods and that they ride horses and wear armor, but to say that their capacity for thought and understanding of genetics like and magic or whatever is the same, I think I think you can't do that. I guess that's fair. I guess they could have had, like, you know, that kind the same kind of breakthrough because, I mean, of, of the peas. There's no, there's no obvious indication that it's happened, which would tend to... But I, I, I honestly think that this is just, oh, look, his kids don't look like him. Let's investigate. And then they find the other evidence. Like, I don't I don't think it's based on anything that we could call gene theory. I think it's just, it doesn't, well, it's not rocket science to notice that children look like their parents. But it also well, doesn't mean that they understand gene theory. The fact of the matter is, they went back through it and they showed that every pairing of a Lannister with a Baratheon showed that the kids had black hair. Right, I think, but I think that still doesn't mean they understand gene theory. I think that's no, just... No, but they see the pattern. Yeah, it's a pattern. And what you're seeing with the case of Joffrey and Tolman and Maricel, is that her name? Marcella. 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 
Marcella, close. The situation with those three is they don't conform to the pattern. Right. And they they don't they, follow the pattern. I mean, yeah. In this book here, it's, it quite literally says every single pairing. So they are yeah. anomalies. And yeah. Back, back as far as it, it lasts, which I think is thousands of years. Thousands yeah. of years ago. Thousands of years ago. <laughs> thousands of years ago. <laughs> that sounded like Fozzie Bear. Thank you. Hi, hiya, hiya. Hey, hey, hey. Listen, Kermit is letting me help plan tonight's show. Uh, that's true, folks. He plans his parts, and I plan the good parts. <laughs> you've got basically what you've I got am, here. Well, I, I know I am not the uh, Wando impersonator here. So. <laughs> what you've really got here is, is, is uh, three fir trees and a whole forest of pine. And then, oh, look, you know, I, I mean, that's the way I get it anyway. I would look at it more like oak trees amongst pine trees. Well, I'm just saying they're different trees. <laughs> palm trees. Palm trees. Palm yeah, trees it's like a, a palm tree and a whole bunch of pine trees. They, they're radically different from each other. And yeah. John Aaron looked into this and you know, he, he was smart enough to notice. And I don't know if we ever find out what made him start suspecting something was going on. but or if he just well, I wonder if kids. he noticed something suspicious between Jamie and Cersei or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. I mean, not, not I was... saying that he walked into them fa- unfastened and unzipped, but... <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe... He... If he did, he'd probably be dead a lot earlier or have been chugged out a window, but... I think general behavior of the children, like the, the weird instability of Joffrey on top of everything else and just how... I mean, granted, we don't actually get detailed descriptions about what the children's faces look like, but... Odds are they kind of look like Jamie a little bit, and on top of well, Cersei else, looks like Jamie. I think I yeah, think to it be would fair, they, not. They it are, would be more obvious if they weren't twins. Yeah, Cersei and Jamie are, for all intents and purposes, identical twins. Yeah. You can't get identical twins that have different genders, but essentially, that's what we have. I mean, so. it could have been. I mean, it's theoretically you could. I mean, since they're fraternal twins, you could have got the same result or similar result possibly from Cersei and Tyrion. But I mean, it's like, it's, I saw the twin saying the twins point is kind of a fallacy, but I think Joffrey would be a lot smaller if Tyrion was his father. Not necessarily. No, not necessarily, but not yeah. necessarily in reality, but it was a funny joke. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just, just Don't make fun of small people. <laughs> yeah. I'm collecting signatures for House Elf Suffrage. You see, I just think it's awful that some creatures in the wizarding world aren't treated equally just because they were born as ugly, sickly little creatures with big, dumb noses. And I think that we, I mean the elves, are just as good as anybody. I wasn't hey. making fun of small people. I was making fun of Joffrey. Tyrion's going to kick your ass. To make fun of Joffrey. Joffrey's a... Is- yeah, I, I'm fine with making fun of Joffrey. As we discussed in a previous episode, Joffrey is a goofy-looking motherfucker. <laughs> well, he might be kind of handsome. You never know. No, we, now, have you, have you seen, seen the kids t- playing him in the movie? No. <laughs> he has big ears. Big ear. Singular big ear. ear. Yes. Ear, just one. Oh, about Ned Stark. Um, yes, about Ned Stark. Let's see. Ned is married to Caitlin, and it was originally supposed to be his older brother who got married to her. That's but awkward. Apparently, the contract, the way it was drawn up, was the eldest male Stark, or the heir of Stark. So when he became that, he was like substitute it in like Darren Stevens. <laughs> the new husband. <laughs> that's a, that's a, uh, I dream of Jamie. Bewitched. 
The witch reference for those of us who, who don't remember. I wonder how depressed he was. Not only did his brother die, but he gets saddled with his ugly ass betrothed wife or whatever. She's not all She's bad. not ugly ass. I, mean, I got the impression she was ugly. ravishingly beautiful. Well, I picture her as an ugly wench because I hate her a lot. <laughs> There you go. That's I think it's what they call projection. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe. No, she's not as beautiful as Cersei is on the outside, but she's 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 not ugly. I don't know. I think she looks like the evil wicked witch of the East bear hairy ass. I don't depends on we how We don't know what the witch of the East looked like. She was under the house. Brilliant. Oh yeah. She, she, she had very nice legs. And, and we also one? know that she wasn't as bad as the witch of the West. That's it. That's all we know. Okay. How we have a, an Oz historian joining us tonight. <laughs> yeah, or something. <laughs> or something. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well said, Ooh, sir. Well said. But you know, Caitlin's never described as like being a dog or anything. She's like... I thought she, she was supposed to be really pretty because they say Sansa is and Sansa looks like her and yeah, I thought Tully's were pretty. I thought, I thought Lysa I, was pretty. I thought... Okay, I know she's good looking. Lysa's also but crazy. But she's still an ugly that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Later on, she is, most definitely. Yes, she's perhaps. She's old, heartless, mean. Heartless? I don't think she's heartless. That's how she treats Jon Snow, for example. Oh, but I, I don't like Jon Snow. Offense to her personally, because he is a reminder that her husband had sex with another woman. Oh, Right after God. he married her. How often, I mean, get Yeah, right after that. he married and... Bastards. Yeah, say say but, again, Richard, who has bastards? Everybody has bastards. Everybody has bastards. Do you have a bastard, Jeff? Come on, man. Everyone's doing it. Robert Baratheon had like... 40,000 kids, okay? His wife was also a horrible person. Yeah, his wife also shut him off and wouldn't let him have any boom shabba lava. Boom shabba lava lava. But Caitlin and Ned, they have five. Having boom shabba lava all the time. Boom shabba lava lava. Seriously, they have five... And I'm sure they've had sex more than five times. They the did is, in the book. Bastards are common. And at the time, when he was away from war, he said, okay, I'm coming back. Let's get married. I'm going to go fight again. And he was with her for all of what? Like, I don't know how long he was with her, but I mean, it's not That's all of like two days. Time and enough she, for Rob. She's going to send him to a wall. And she's just, she says that he should have died instead of Bran. And like all that other mean shit. I mean, come on. No way. When did she send him to the wall? I thought he sent him to the wall. He did. Hey, we might have somebody else joining us. Uh-oh. Who? Is it Who? Aaron's keyboard? No, it is not Aaron's keyboard. It is, in fact... Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not Herbie the keyboard. It is Omelie. Oh, hooray! New blood. Oh, dear. Yes. I have sent Ryan a Skype. I don't know if he has responded. Is he even at his computer? He's probably picking, doing whatever it is that Hoggle does. Who knows? Boom, shabba, lubba, lubba. Playing Weagle. That's probably it. Hello, and hello. welcome to the call, Omelie. Omelie! How you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. I feel like I've fallen off the edge of the you guys ages. You sort of have. You're a little choppy, though. Hmm, let's see. Uh, that's a little better. So, we understand that Mazel Tovs are in order. Yes, yeah. Mazel Tov. What did Omelie do? Omelie got yeah. Oh, Mazel Tov. But um, I got married like a year ago, just a reception a month ago. So, evaluated. Still choppy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, one second. It's funny how the messages say, oh, stupid connection, one second. Those come through fine. <laughs> yes. That means true. The unwritten rules of the internet. Yeah, seriously. Okay. All right. Well. So, yes, I had a reception a month ago, but we got married a year ago. So, one of those things. Nothing like being timely. Yeah. 
Ryan already made fun of me for doing it in the order of kid house marriage. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is, uh... <laughs> and? <laughs> it worked fine. Yeah. But it, there but you it, go. See, yeah, see, Ryan's just, he's just being, pre- you know, prejudiced or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just being Ryan. That's quite possible as well. <laughs> and how dare he? How dare he be Ryan? <laughs> I'm, I'm offended by just the, the, the fact of him being Ryan. Exactly. It'd be much better if he was Jim. Okay. I don't know who Jim is. There is no Jim. I was going to say. That was a joke. People were supposed to laugh, but no one laughed. So. It, it wasn't I'm funny. Now. Thank you, Emily. <laughs> so, Emily, have you read this book we're talking about? I have, in fact. Well, I've read the first one. Does that count? That's what yes. We're yes, about. that counts very much. Because the, the idea behind discussing the books is that we wanted everyone to read the whole book, and then we take as long as we need to to discuss it. Okay, I have read the whole book. I had this moment when, when Death Roll messaged me that I was like, crap, I haven't actually read the whole of Ice and Fire series. Just the first book, so there you go. Well, that's good because you, good you can join us. All Let's 800 see. and whatever, seven pages of it. Oh my goodness, it's ridiculously great. <laughs> Are you reading the hardcover or the soft cover? I have a soft cover that actually Mike gave me for Christmas like two years ago. <laughs> Why are we not surprised that Mike was giving people <laughs> copies of this book? And Mike's the reason I read this book too. He forced that's, me to. That's so yeah, nice. He, he sent me a box of like the first book in like a bunch of series that he's like, these series are awesome. And so he gave me just a first book, which is like incredibly mean. It's like giving somebody one piece of crack. It's like, you can't just have the one. You're going to have to go back. You have to buy some more on your own. Yep. I'll manage. So we were talking about, we still talking Caitlin. about Ned Stark, Caitlin. Are we talking about Caitlin? We're talking Stark? about Caitlin. Amelie, what do you think of Caitlin? Caitlin's an interesting character. I sort of actually, we get some of her backstory, which I almost wish we could see a little bit more of it because it seems from the flashbacks we get that she I mean she's a very strong character and she shows a lot of not just as a mother but as effectively a leader and when she has to step in that position and from the flashbacks we get it almost seems like when she started she was very much not that way and almost maybe her sister might have you know like they were sort of at the same point and just the different roads that they took was really fascinating I almost would have liked to have seen a little bit more I don't know if in the other series we ever get to see her sister again I assume so from where it left off but it's not a big spoiler to say yeah we get to actually see Lissa mm-hmm. again I also am looking forward to I really liked how human her interactions with John made her yeah, because she's she does have yeah, she has this definite, completely irrational response, and she knows it's rational, yet she can do a damn thing about it, which I kind of like because in the end, she ends up having to take such a strong position. I would like, given the growth that you see just over the, the course of the book, you know, a very capable female character to being sort of a force unto herself, I would really like to see how she would interact with John now, if she would have an easier time of it. I mean, she doesn't really go through any of the issues that she had concerning, like, why she feels that way about him in the first place. So I don't know that her feelings will be any different. We were just discussing right before you came on her relationship with John. I don't think that it would necessarily be any different because her quarrel is not necessarily with him. Her quarrel is with Ned and the fact that he had this affair and John is what John symbolizes and John exactly bears the brunt of it. It's not necessarily his fault, but John is the constant reminder of what happened. But given the death of Ned, I wonder if given that he looks so much like him, like his father, Mm -hmm. I wonder if 
that would help her or if it would just be in the way, you know? Or would hmm. she find someone who looks that much like yeah, exactly. a problem and would it get even worse? Mm -hmm. There's really, uh, until and unless we see it happen, there's really no way to tell. Mm -hmm. I mean, also, given the circumstances of Ned's death, one of the problems she has with John is, I mean, Ned is this incredibly moral, like, to the point of having a stick up his ass person. And that is sort of his central characteristic. And John is this reminder of this one thing. And we don't even know that it was like, yes, he was married, but we don't really know the details and he never goes into it. So we don't really know. It was very shortly after his marriage when he it was had very to, shortly he had to stand think, in for his older brother because the the marriage contract said the Stark heir and at that point he was the Stark heir so mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, all you know like he had a relationship with this girl beforehand and that's just when she happened to get pregnant we have no idea I mean so it, I don't think it's as clear cut as it feels to Cat I think it doesn't have anything for me it doesn't have anything to do with whether or not she was pregnant I mean the, I think even if they never had any kids. It would still be a betrayal. Like the fact that his relationship with this woman resulted in her pregnancy doesn't have anything to do with it either. I mean, he still had cheated on her. I think yeah. Caitlin's a big baby. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. But I just wonder that at the end of it, given that he died choosing love over honor, which is a big theme, I wonder if that would make it that much harder for her to, to accept John because it sort of validates all of her fears as to the circumstances of his birth in the first place. Underneath it all, that there was something that wasn't quite as entirely honorable as she wanted to believe. And I don't think it changes who he is, but I wonder which is how she deals with it. Probably. Some noise is happening. I can't Who's tell if it's noise? Richard or Aaron. Sammy. Sorry, guys. Not I, I just didn't want the noise to happen, Mom. I was making good points. Yeah, Carry Aaron. on. <laughs> Aaron, did you sell your microphone to Richard? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's funny, asshole. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. Nobody laughs harder than the asshole. <laughs> Bleeding heart, liberal prick. <laughs> yeah. that, sounds, that sounds like it could be some kind of proverb. Like nobody laughs harder than the asshole. Only two <sighs> types of people wear sunglasses at night: blind people and assholes. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That was very funny. Thank my friend Richard. Pig Fox. For that one. Pig Fox. Yes. Not you. Or, not you. I know my name's not Pig Fox. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> that good. was. His it's name. good that you know that. <laughs> I was worried. That's very, That's very funny, bitch. This is degenerating very quickly. We should talk about Caitlin some more. Right. Um, well, then we're just going to degenerate further if we're going to talk about her, at least. Yeah, this, this is true. This is true. But no, I, th I think we can have good discussion on her because some of us like her, some of us don't. Just like earlier, we had good discussion on Sansa where some of us like her, some of us don't. I think yeah. one person likes her and the rest of you are blame. Okay, Amelie. Amelie, Amelie, Amelie. What do you think of Sansa? I just want I just want Amelie's opinion because I'm curious. I'm not trying to start Sansa Gate again. <laughs> Sansa Gate? Yes. <laughs> That's so dubious. Okay, let's say I need to get tea. I like that. We put her on the spot. She goes for tea. Yes. Well, <laughs> lives on. Sorry. I, so I, I have tea. My household is pretty much entirely coming on, going on down this lovely sinus thing, and I'm feeding off. So my husband just put in tea, and I'm like, oh, tea. It was very exciting. I think Yay. we didn't want to hear me slurping it. So there we go. I do like tea. <laughs> I live on tea. Yay. Um, 
Sansa is definitely, I mean, she's designed to be a Bethany little girly girl. I mean, that's that's sort of her character position. I'm sorry, what yeah. were you starting? I said Hobag, talking about Sansa. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. I uh, actually, but... I, I don't dislike her. Mostly because I don't think she's capable of more. Like, my feeling on the matter is I expect the most someone's capable of. She's not brave. She's not clever. She's not... Loyal. She's not really anything. She's pretty, and she's good at embroidery. And she's really been... She's been bred to be a lord's wife, and she's really good at that. And, I mean, that's the world she was designed for. And when she is put in a position where anything more is expected of her, she basically is really confused and scared. <laughs> and I don't... I'm sorry. I started laughing. When you said... First thing when you said when she's putting in a position to be when there's more expected of her, like, my first thought was like, oh... How dare we expect her to be loyal to her father? I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> it's more a matter of, like, she has an image of her father, which is built entirely upon what she knows. And you have to think about the fact that her father is really has been sheltering her. I mean, he tries to shelter both of the girls and, and does so more successfully with Sansa, mostly because that's what that's what she's expecting. When you have Kat, Kat's a very... Her mom is a very um, dynamic, strong woman now after she's born how many kids and has raised sons and lived in the north. And yes, Sansa did live there, but she was really, really sheltered and she never had the expectations. And she was really bred to be sort of a showpiece. So I just don't think she's capable of, of significantly more. And it's not that she betrays her father and is like, dude, whatever, he's a douchebag. Sorry, didn't say that. But, you know... <laughs> edit that out or whatever but it's more a matter of when they first say your father is a traitor she goes that's not possible you know and she's really she is just torn with this confusion because this does not match the person that she has known all of her life and her father had really been sheltering her if you look through all the points up to that he is not giving her any information even when they're like he's like okay you're gonna sail and you can't see your boyfriend beforehand and everything else he doesn't give her any information even to be like you're in danger nothing because he's trying to shelter her so much that she just doesn't have enough information to even know that that's betrayal if i may interject of course if my memory serves me correctly he does tell them we're leaving the city i think he alludes to enemies being inside the gates i think he he tells them a little bit about being in danger maybe he doesn't paint a crystal clear picture but he lets them know that you know they're leaving and they're leaving for a reason but, but he never lets them know that it's the Lannisters that they're in danger from. And so it never occurs to her that, hey, I really shouldn't go tell my friend who's part of this clan that we're running away from them. Because she doesn't know that's what they're running away from. And he's her, he is her knight in shining armor. She can't imagine anything bad from him or his family. And she learns her mistake. But at that point at which she says, of course my father's going to repent and everything else, she doesn't know that, you know. And so she doesn't realize the position she's in. And she doesn't realize how much of a betrayal it is because she hasn't been aware. Okay, those are some pretty valid points. But to the same degree, though, she's... 12, what does she need to know whether you do what your parents tell you to do? You don't need to know why dad does such and such thing. I mean, she's spoiled. I think they're spoiled to a degree where, well, I can't get what I want because my dad's doing whatever. She doesn't take into consideration. She doesn't even seem like she tries to understand why her dad makes the decision. She just thinks about, oh, my God, how is this affecting me? You know, it's like she doesn't even try to comprehend. I have an 11-year-old. They're exactly like that. <laughs> No, really. I mean, like, what I, yeah. 
It's true. I mean, like, my 11-year-old is like, how come I can't go to the park? And I'm like, because no one is home and it's two miles away. You know, like, well, why can't people take time off from work? Because they can't. I, I, I don't feel it's out of character. And, I mean, if you think about it, this whole, like, she's betraying her father. I, you know, she's 12. What does she know about important things? She, because she I mean, she certainly has she, the sense. She certainly is developing a sense of wrong, right and wrong. And I think at that age, you are, you do have a sense of that. But she doesn't have enough information to even make a picture. And even if she did, it's not certain that she would make the right one because she is 12. And boys in shiny armor with swords and like, whatever. Yeah. They sing ballads about them. They're awesome. My point in that regard was that Sansa was raised to, as she's raised, she's more like her mother. Her mother is a Tully, and the Tully family words are family, duty, and honor. If she was the one most responsible for raising Sansa the way she is, Sansa should know not to go against the family. Well, we're not talking about the mafia here, but at the no, same point. But- this this sort of society is very similar. Your family is your power base. Okay, so I was telling Death Roll, I had some unexpected company this evening. And when it came down to it, my kid came in and I was very, uh, a bit flustered because I am sick. It was sleeping and I was like, oh my God, now I have to be a hostess. And I just had this moment of, oh my God, I have no idea what, I suddenly have to make dinner. And like, you know, and my kid totally pulled through. She's like, I know how to make macaroni and cheese. I can make this. I can, you know, like, and so, I mean, she has those values. And I think expecting Sansa to have family values is not unreasonable, but to expect her to have a greater, you know, like to always look for her family ahead of, you know, the new dress she just got is sort of not going to happen. I mean, if it came down to it, she had to choose between her family and the dress. I think she would make the right choice, but she's going to spend a lot of time thinking about the dress. Like, it's all about the clothes and the hair and the... Well, let's allow a rephrasing, if you will. Like, I wouldn't say that her betrayal is on par with sticking a knife in the back of the king or the way Cersei betrays Robert. She's obviously a disobedient child to a degree, which is something, ironically, she does share with her sister. But maybe betrayal isn't quite the right word because it takes a negative connotation with it. Like intent, it takes negative intent to betray, I think. But I don't know. Now you've made me question everything I think about Sansa and I'm going to pretend to be angry at you for a few minutes. <laughs> okay, you be angry at Thank me. you, Omelie. <laughs> I still don't um, like her. I'm just saying. Yeah, you don't have to like her. I don't I don't think she's a terribly likable person, but you know, we were all yeah. twelve. Twelve year olds aren't incredibly likable. I mean, they grow into good people and they have good characteristics. And as I was saying earlier, at age twelve I knew not to go against my father. You never disobeyed your parents. But not I mean, like that. Well the yeah, other but she thing didn't is, know it was gonna lead to casting the entire world in shadow. No, no, no. Not not even that, but if we were leaving some to from to go from where we were to back home and my father told me, you know, no exploring, no going to visit anybody, no nothing, just stay here, we're catching the ship at noon, I would have listened, okay? I would have been there. It crosses a line for me. And at the same time, people are different. There's different strength of character, there's different everything about them. Like I, I don't know like if you try to recall being young and like having that first love crush thing and then like you're finally realizing it, you know that your patrols are supposed to be together. And all of a sudden, your dad wants to take you away. I mean, you're kind of gonna you're gonna want to stick around. I mean, maybe you're not necessarily disobey your dad to that degree, but I mean, that comes down to personal choice and strength of character. But you're not gonna want to leave. Well, and the other thing is, some I, I I'm sorry, I don't even remember who, but somebody <laughs> said that she's a she's a disobedient child, um, like her sister ultimately, and. 
yes, she is in that one instance, but there's a particular passage where she's like, this is her one thing. She feels it's almost exciting when she's doing it because she never disobeys. She's always towed the line. She's always done exactly what was expected for, which is be a fluffhead. But, you know, she's always done that her entire life. And this one thing, she saw what she really wanted. And she was told not to do it, and she did it. And I think, especially, I feel like people who have a very strong sense of this is just what you do, you build that. You break it in little ways, and you're taught you don't do that. You know? Whereas she hasn't broken it, so she hasn't been cracked down on. She could so really. It's Sorry. the fact that. It's a combination of the fact that she has not been disobedient before, which makes this such, like, it gets out of control so quickly because she doesn't just mess up. She messes up really big because she hasn't made little mistakes before to learn from. It's a really bad time to be disobedient. Let me just she say. She really, really does. <laughs> and I, I don't understand it either because Septim Ordain is there when the whole confrontation with her father is happening and just says, essentially, yours is not to reason why, yours is but to do or see your father die. <laughs> Isn't that a Shakespeare quote? Bastardized, yes. Um, <laughs> I think it's Shakespeare anyway. Not to reason why, but to do and die. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Is, is it Tennyson? Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I remember that from Saving Private Ryan. I think you're right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Charge of the Light Brigade by... Alfred oh, Lord Tennyson. Lord Tennyson, yeah. Uh, okay, so not Shakespeare. Yeah. And Septim Ordain just says, you don't need to know why your Lord Father is to be obeyed. Yeah. And Septa is absolutely right. She's been very close to the girls. She's despaired over Arya, but Sansa has always been the good The good girl. one. Yeah. And the fact that she's rebelling against her father, okay, she's not as close to her father as she is to her mother. Okay, okay, okay. I, I can sort of go there, but she's rebelling against Septim Ordain, who we've been led to believe she has nothing but respect for. I find it really... <laughs> I think she looks for approval from Septa, but I don't know that... I know that's her title and not her name, but... Or I think yeah. it is. It, it's yeah, her it title. Is. It's like priest. Yeah. You um, call your priest Father Mokehi or whatever. Mokehi? <laughs> what, what? You didn't have Father Mokehi? You go Mulcahy? there first and not Jones or something? Sure. I think that she looks for approval, particularly in sort of the feminine arts. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that she looks for her, to her for like moral guidance. She just likes getting approval. I mean... Well, Septa is also a religious figure, so that they're the people who pass judgment on your moral conduct. Yeah, but she's not... She At this point, I mean, this woman has been in her life I think she as takes a companion. Like, I don't think yeah. she really... I think we need to keep everything in perspective to a degree. Like, I, I still, no matter what, I'm never ever going to like Sansa because, you know, her small thing led to... had a big part in the world really just for lack of a <laughs> and turning to shit, basically. But at the same time, a valid points have been made. Despite the fact that the queen might seem less than savory, you have no idea that what's going to happen to your father is going to happen to your father. Kids are all disobedient. That's what they do. I spent my entire high school career trying to get around what my parents told me to do. Despite the fact I, yeah, I've never led my dad to be beheaded. That's a whole other story. But Yeah, I mean, there's, there is a fine line. And as a kid, you make a judgment call between a little bit of disobedience that's probably not going to have any big consequences and big things that you go, eh, no. The queen, but the queen, though, paints herself to be a friend to Sansa, somebody that Sansa trusts. She doesn't really see her as an authority figure. She's more like a 
like an adult that she can, I don't know. I, I can't really describe I mean, how to. I think Cersei is deliberately doing that. I mean, she's deliberately. Oh, Cersei paying... is very deliberately doing that, and she's being very smart about it. I, I don't fault she, Cersei at all. Cersei is the Palpatine to Sansa's Anakin in this thing, yes, I Yes, that is a great example. I think she's it presenting is. herself was... as the correct authority figure. She knows mm-hmm. that Sansa will trust her based on the fact that she's the queen and the mother of her fiancé. She knows that Sansa admires her so she is manipulating her well she doesn't yeah. just admire her i mean cersei is really everything that sansa has been told that she should be so i mean she's almost using her as a wall you know, yeah. trying to live up to that sort of expectation and mm-hmm. she can't do it because she simply she's not manipulative enough to do it but she she's going for that image and cersei's very good at projecting that image i mean that's that's what she does I was going to say that Cersei and Sansa, their relationship reminds me of like a big brother, big sister sort of thing. Yeah, and then Cersei. Okay, the call is still here. Everyone went quiet right after I finished. Yeah, I heard that too. And I was expecting everyone to be dropped. But it may be like that from Sansa and what Cersei's pretending to, but pretending, but Cersei is anything but sisterly in her intentions. I mean, she clearly is just yeah. trying to get Sansa to do what she did. Yeah, to do exactly what she did, which is, you know, not specifically, but come to her with any important information that Cersei can then use. Besides yeah. which, Cersei's idea of sisterly intentions sort of squeaks me out. Oh, yes. I, I <laughs> did not there. think of that, but yeah, sorry. No. Couldn't help it. No, no, no. You're, you're quite, quite correct. <laughs> I hadn't considered that. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. She's, I don't see, now that we're having this discussion and we have such good points of view, I think it goes to show that despite all her misgivings, that Sansa is truly a, a value in literary character speak. She's a good character. She's easy to hate. She's easy to love for some people. She's misunderstood. There's lots of ways to think about her. And she's not even on the docket for the discussion tonight. We were doing Ned or Cat. Trying to Actually, do we were doing Cat. Cat. Well, it's hard to talk about the Stark parents without necessarily talking about the kids. Right. And we choose to focus our discussion tonight on Sansa, but next time we should probably discuss, like, maybe Rob and... Bran or Arya or Rickon. Let's talk about Tyrion next time. I like to talk about Tyrion. I See, the reason I, I would like to do that is because I like Ned, and, but he's not... He's... he's, he's I don't want to say he's two-dimensional, but he doesn't have the depth that someone like Tyrion has, or someone like Jaime has, or even Tywin Lannister, so that's why I'm... No, that's a very valid point, Richard. That it is. He's he's full sized in two dimensions, but you get to that third dimension, and he's like half of what he ought to be. Yeah. I think the fact that he did father a bastard contributes to that three dimensionalness. He's not the cardboard cutout honorable guy, but question it's really quickly. almost like a mask he wears that he's this honorable guy, and that, that but, and and secretly the, he's off with this woman. Can we just we're we're focusing on Game of Thrones, right? Yes. Yeah, and Amelie has not read anymore. Amelie has has not read beyond this book, so we need to keep it spoiler-free. Okay, because I had something I really, really wanted to say, but now I'm not going to, so that's good. (laughs) I appreciate it. Although my housemate, Artie, when I told him what I was doing this evening, went on a a full rant about the missing last book and about how George R. Martin should kill him. (laughs) His, His editor should, you know, go murder him in his sleep. 
and I'd well, no, we want the book to come. We want no, the, the book to come. No, no. So we'll, we'll hire a ghostwriter. We'll hire a ghostwriter. All he's doing, like, I'll tell you what, man, a ghostwriter, ha ha ha, because he's dead. Ha ha ha. If they if they hey. do as well as they did the uh, the Wheel of Time one so far, that's that'll be a it'll be great. That was useless PS. It might even be better than the original that's, author. That's, well, the, hold the, on. The Wheel of whoa, Time whoa, guy has made whoa. it really good. Too far. Too far. Okay. Do not, I mean, do not be to the name of George Martin. Like, nobody. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily besmirching his name, but I get the sense that he's really lost control of his universe here. I think we just don't know what's going on. I think if we had a little more maybe information. Maybe he needs some help. We should probably try to help him. I mean, we should, maybe we should offer our services of suggestions. As beta readers. Yeah. Maybe we should ask him to stop boozing and whoring so much, because I think that's all he's doing. Boom, shabba, lubba, lubba. You think he lives in the universe of this book? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's trying. Maybe he needs to go and have some experiences so that he can write about them in the book. (laughs) One of of the things on TV Tropes was the one of the the crack theories was that Varys has a has a collection of the books, and then one of the responses said, "Can he let George Martin borrow the last one?" That's awesome. I am getting kind of concerned, though, because he is getting pretty old. He's not exactly in the best of health. You say that every time. It's not like he's getting much older every time you say it. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean I'm not getting less concerned every week. Like, I'm getting more and more uh, worried. <laughs> how old is the guy? And he's not in the best of physical shape, either. Yeah, I mean, I know he's really fat, but I didn't think he was really <laughs> old. You know, I thought, was is it he's in his 50s or so, or like 60s, maybe. Hey, I, that old. I know... So- I know somebody who was in good physical condition at the age of 57 who just dropped dead of a heart attack. So, well, yeah, I mean, crazy stuff. I mean, you could get hit by a bus, but. You're an obese man who's 63 years old. You're not doing too good. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you're more likely to have. He's actually 62, but whatever. Stop nitpicking. Oh. Sansa's 11, Sansa's 12. Whatever, okay? We got it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I, I didn't see the docket for um, this evening shame on me so there, there wasn't one we decided as soon as we started the call <laughs> okay because well, well we tried discussing chapter by chapter and it was really stilted so we said since we've read the whole book anyway let's just discuss characters and last week we or last time we discussed this book we discussed danny this week we decided to start off with the stark parents and it degenerated into sansa gate and here we are we talked about sansa a little bit last week too yeah a Um, a little bit i I think i think we need to try somebody else which is why i believe richard suggested tyrion and then we started talking about george r r martin so let's talk about that was my fault Um, okay so to finish up with the parents i i know we did talk about ned a little bit in the context of his wife's concerns with him and with sansa but i think he's a and and i know you mentioned he's in many ways sort of two-dimensional he's got john and whatnot but he's sort of in an interesting position because he was not supposed to be the heir no right? all of this it was came supposed about to be his brother supposed to be and Brandon. So he was never raised to be the one who was supposed to be doing all this and that might very well contribute to how hidebound he is about it mm-hmm. i mean we don't hear a lot about what he is like before no we 
really don't. I mean, he could have had a whole life and basically was told, okay, we'll drop it. You're the heir now. We don't know anything about who John's mother is. He doesn't want to talk about it. And that doesn't necessarily mean it. Did we get the impression that I got the impression that he didn't meet her until he went off? Like, it's not like this was the woman he was in love with before he was knew he was supposed to marry Caitlin. I thought the I got thing the is, we we just don't know. I mean, I know that's your impression, but there's no evidence in any direction because well, Ned just doesn't talk about it. I mean, I know what people who have read all the four books know. I'm just trying to put myself in the mindset of how I thought when I was reading this just one book. Well, in hindsight, I think we can make some judgments on what Ned may or may not have done based on what we know about Ned's character now. Because from that age to... I don't know, was it like 12 years, 13 years since the, the War of the Usurper? I, I don't see a lot of growth probably in that. I mean, I don't I don't know if he would have matured to a point or maybe it's it's really hard to gauge. He's probably situation. just the way he is. Like, I would probably think that he hadn't changed all that much. I would think that he would have grown up very, very fast and then maybe not changed very much. Mm. But that initial period where he had to take on the mantle that was supposed to be his brother's. I could imagine completely changing a person. Well, he's too, I don't know, like I can see your point, but he's very honor bound. The Northmen have almost did, always been there. Yeah, he did take up the mantle of Brandon, so I think he knew he had to do that. So I think that's some integrity there. I need to uh, go ahead and drop off, guys. I'm going to say goodnight to you all. Good night, Richard. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you. Make sure you come back. I'll do my best. Very good. (laughs) We will be on again in should be three weeks. And invite me for the Battlestar stuff. We're going to do some of that soon, by the way. That won't be soon. I am ensuring that we are covering it properly. And so it will be after at least one episode. episode. (laughs) Okay, whatever. Just... You know, just makes yeah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you. Good night. You act like we're not going to talk to you until then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, bye guys. Bye. Good night. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just I sort of felt like, especially where he was, uh, Ned was given sort of this unexpected responsibility. And I mean, his other brother had already taken the black. So there really was nobody else. Right. I could see that being a huge contributing factor to just how honor bound he is because it became his life was he is responsible for taking on this responsibility and that becomes who he is. Yeah. And I think it's hard to know. I mean, you can't know. So Mm -hmm. it's hard to say like what, I mean, it's kind of a chicken or an egg thing. Like, does he have all this integrity because he had to do that? Or did he do this because he had all this integrity? Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, his his it seems like the Northerners in general have a sort of bent towards this sort of mindset anyway. So it might just be the way he was raised. I had one thing so, I wanted to say about Ned before we finish with him. Oh, Aaron, you're still here. Good. <laughs> I was letting Richard get his last words in there. Um, (laughs) Ned's an interesting character, and we brought this up briefly before, but more than any other character in this book, and in this series, we learn more about him through what happens after he dies rather than while he's alive, because he spends only, what, about two-thirds of the first book alive? And then he's gone. And yeah. he, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's going to really be much of a spoiler to know that the, the children continue to play a major role in the series. And that we learn about, and, and, and through them, Ned continues to play that role. 
I think it's very interesting that he continues to influence events long after he's dead because it's how his children behave. They remember him and they remember what happened to him. And, you know, Rob, at least, he calls his banners and says, you know, we're not going to stand for this. We're going to go make war because of this. And that's about as extreme as you can get. It's very direct. It's... It's nothing like... I hear music in the background. Not my music. Okay, it's gone now. That was weird. What was I saying? Are you Um, a Cylon? (laughs) 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 Is it something you played for the woman you love? I get completely knocked off my phone here. Um, (laughs) The music was distracting you, huh? It it very much was. What? He's in the fracking ship. How did I get here? I don't remember. (laughs) But Ned is a very influential character on all of his kids. And even after he's murdered, well, can can we even say it's murder? It's murder. Ah, yeah, I could. It's, it's, it's... Because from one way. from one point of view, Cersei is right. Ned was engaged in treason against the throne. He was engaged in, tre- in treason as much as he... But had. was the throne... Joffrey doesn't have a legitimate claim to the throne. He's got a legal claim. I he mean, has a legal claim. It, it hasn't been proven that he's illegitimate. True. But it's, it's kind of... Would they have ever... I mean, is there even a way to do this to, 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 to out Joffrey because... If to take you, the king to court. Yeah, because, I mean, if you say that he's not <laughs> legitimate, then he's going to kill you for treason. But then you can never say that he and that he doesn't have a claim to the throne, which is a philosophical mm. question about Westerosi law. I think if they had broadcast this information from the safety of Winterfell or some friendly... What, by, by satellite hookup? <laughs> by Raven. I'll say kingdom, but, you know, some friendly kingdom, the house of one of the, the great houses there. It would have been a lot different than if he had tried to do this as he did in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Should have booked it down to Dorne. Well, also, should probably have. should probably shouldn't have told the person who he, whose life he was essentially going to be. Yeah, he probably should have um, told Cersei. Like, yeah, I'm he, going he, to turn he you gave, in. He I gave have, her a but warning. You, one, you have one hour. <laughs> <laughs> you have <laughs> one hour to pack your bags and get back to Casterly Rock. No, okay, that, that is actually very interesting. Um, it, it's very interesting that Ned's honor is such that he gives this fair warning it's, it's to, almost to his enemy funny. because Ned is not a knight. He is not Sir Ned. Sir he's just Ned. He's a lord. Yeah, well, but he's he's not a knight either. Are, are all the, like, do you think it's uh, uh, most of the lords are knights? I think most of them in the mid to southern kingdoms are because I'm, I'm not sure it's something if I it's had specifically thought about. I thought... mentioned, but is Tywin Lannister a knight before he became a lord? I thought that the oldest son generally hung around the castle and learned how to be the lord, whereas maybe a younger but, son would be a but knight. But you often become a knight while you're waiting to become the lord. Well, I thought. Well, they were. I thought they were also scandalized that Jamie became a knight because he was the heir, and he was supposed to do his heir thing instead well, of being a knight. No, no, no. He became a knight of the king's guard. King's guard, which, uh, which okay. means yeah. forswear property and marriage, and he took these vows that prevent him from exercising his duties as the heir of Lannister. All right. That was the big deal with that. I knew it was something. But anyway, yeah, Ned is not a knight. Because Loras Tyrell, the knight of flowers, he right, is the right. heir to Highgarden. Is and he, he the heir? He is not the heir to Highgarden. He has... He's not the heir. Not the one. Uh, in fact, I think he's got like a bunch of brothers. 
He has at least one older brother. Willis. Yo, yes, yes you're right. Willis you're right. and Garland come before him. Willis was injured in a training accident, was he not? Yes, he was. And that's yeah. why, so he was going to be a knight. Well, they learn, I, th- I, got th- I thought that they just, they learned sword, swordsmanship to know it, but that didn't mean they would go be a knight. Like, Rob is, Rob knows sword stuff. Well, true, but he's, all, and this is what I was getting to my point before, it doesn't seem okay. to really be the knightly tradition in the North so much. So I'm not surprised yeah. that Rob is not a knight or, mm-hmm. or in training to be a knight. I'm trying to think of somebody here who's a good example. Of a knight? Of a knight who is also an heir. Jamie. Well, yeah, but he's a knight. Well, Jamie doesn't, Jamie doesn't count because he's... He's actually, good, he's actually a good example because he was the heir. And before he became a knight of the Kingsguard, he was a, a regular old, you know, the, knight. I know, I'm the, saying that. Or, yeah. yeah. But so. I still think Jamie's... The controversy of Jamie means I, I kind of want to find another example. Yeah, but before he was picked to join the Kingsguard, he, he is a good example of this case because he, he was a knight and he was the heir. So Well, I mean, there's this whole thing, too, where when... Oh, God, what's Tyron and James Jamie's dad's name? Tywin. 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 I'm like another Ty name. Yeah, All right, I'll give you Tywin one, Edmure. Edmure. Is he, but is, is he a knight? Edmure is Sir Edmure, heir to River Run. It says right here in the appendix. Okay, beautiful. But when Tywin finds that Jamie has been captured and has pretty much decided that he's dead, and then he says, okay, well, Tyron, you're who I have left. So it seems like he didn't really consider him... The heir before yeah. Oh, exa- exactly. I mean, he, I think he that's... He felt like he still had Jamie in his pocket before Tyron. I mean, that's the whole... I think that's the whole controversy of Jamie. Not so much that here was a knight. I mean, here was an heir that took a place on the Kingsguard. It was because he also didn't... I mean, they was also never recognized Tyron as heir. So it's also... It's like he was trying to be both. I thought that mm-hmm. was what the part of the controversy would have been. Well, you know, and he really wasn't trying to be both. He was... He it was, was just never concerned. talked about. Right. And I, I mean, it was... I thought... I think it's a tacit acknowledgement or by not saying, you know, I'm not the heir Tyrion is. Or, I mean, it's mostly the father's fault, not Jamie's. I mean, I don't know... I don't even know what Jamie thinks. I forget. kind of don't... Whether it, we've ever had Jamie's thoughts on being heir or not. Not in this book. We may get it later on. Right. So, are we going to talk about Tyrion since we kind of started to? Yeah, sure. Tyrion's so Tyrion, not my favorite character this early. This early he's series. really great. Him and Danny are my two favorites. It's interesting because he's such a reviled character in in the series, but it's, he seems to have a kind of because of that perspective. He's very sarcastic, and I think he's very likable just in general. Oh, I definitely think he's funny. What do you mean I'm funny? It's funny, you know. It's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. You mean the way I talk? It's just, you know, you're just funny. It's funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? I enjoy reading about him because he's funny. Funny how? You're funny. You mean, let me understand this, because I, you know, maybe it's me, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? I think he's probably maybe my fourth favorite character. And I, I do, I mean, that doesn't, that's nothing against Tyrion. That's just, you know, where he happens to fall because of the strength of other characters. It's no dig against him that he's number four, but. No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. 
How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. What does Tyrion do here in the latter part of the book? Well, he uh, gets kidnapped by Caitlin. They pull me in, they start giving me all kinds of questions, you know, this and that. He says, oh, uh, so what are you going to tell us, tough guy? I said, my usual, zero, nothing. I tell you, the fuck. He says, no, you're going to tell me something today, tough guy. I said, all right, I'll tell you something. Go fuck your mother. <laughs> Bing, pow, boom, right, I think we've been through all that. I think we got them out of the Erie and got them going down the mountain is when we stopped going chapter by chapter. I think one of my favorite about him is that given the limitations he's been sort of handed in life, that he's really good at thinking outside of the box. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He almost seems like he's think. I mean, he is almost sort of like too smart for his time. So now I'm coming around, you know, I start to come out of it. Who do I see in front of me? This big prick again. He says, oh, what do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> I thought he was going to shit. <laughs> Ow, Bing, how, how the fuck is... Because it's like, he seems like he's smarter than everybody else with the kind of knowledge that you would expect where it's like he is born in the wrong place. Like he's born. I know this isn't like medieval times on our planet, but it's almost like he would have done a lot better if he was do like, I mean, born um here, you like here and now modern times. Yeah. Well, he, he was born into a, an era in which it was a terrible, terrible curse to be a midget, a dwarf. And the fact that he in many ways transcends that kind of that, that destiny a little bit, but even, even, even when he does well, even when he gets the better of people, it's always, oh, that crafty imp, you know, he's mm-hmm. in there. It's always, it's always with such anger. People hate him because he's, because of the way he was born. What is, what is the line he says to Jon Snow about every bastard is a dwarf or something like that? All bastards are dwarves, but or all, all, not... all dwarves are bastards, but all, not all bastards are dwarves. I think is, what, is the way it works. Uh, he's, it was a dwarf is a bastard in his father's eyes, but not all bastards may be dwarves. And then and he walks go. away and it's, he stand. I think it's something like Tyrion Lannister walked as tall as a king. Yeah. I think it's not just that he is considered deformed, although that's bad enough in his father's eyes. I think it's that it gives him a social out that in this very structured society, other people can't do. Exactly. There are lots of behaviors which are excused for him because he's high-ranking enough and he's true-born, but yet he doesn't have the same expectations because of his, you know, way he was born. Because they go, oh, all the, oh, the imp, you know, and they kind of write off a lot of behavior that, you know, would get Jamie in trouble. Yeah. Or maybe not Jamie because he's still Tywin Lannister's kid, but it's I mean... Like, oh, it's just the imp. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, defi- it's that bastard imp again. It's definitely dismissive, but in that dismissiveness, there's a certain freedom that other people in the society just don't have. And I think... I think he realizes that. this. Oh, he yeah. takes full advantage of it. There's no question. He, he takes anything people will give him, he takes it. And that includes taunts and insults, and it also includes essentially permission to be the horrible creature that they all say he is. And, and it's, he man- yeah. He manages to be a sympathetic character despite that. I think it's, he's a sympathetic <laughs> character almost because of it, because he is able to have this sort of existence outside others' perceptions of him, which is very freeing because... 
you know, he's able to, which is what I was saying, it's like he's smarter than everybody else. I do have more than a smattering of ignorance, boo-boo buddy. Because I think he's... Than everybody else, but he's, he's smart. Well, I mean, he's, he's above he's average. He's smarter than sure. a lot of the people around him, and I'm especially thinking of when Bran has fallen out of the window. And he's there with the kids, and he's the only one who's, like, taking care of the kids. He's, like, telling Joffrey the right thing to do. Whereas, you know, his parents are not doing that. Which makes you actually put the thought into my head, and maybe this has been said in the book and I missed it, but does, does Tyrion know? Does Tyrion know what? I'm sure he, about the kids. I'm sure he does. Oh, uh, I don't know that it's said. It's not said in this book, but no, he does not know about. He, he doesn't know that this time. Huh. I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if he guessed. He might have. I, hmm. I think it says he might have guessed, but that he didn't know. I don't know something like that. I don't know. Maybe it's something that will be explained later in the other books. I'm sure because I'm only through the first one. Yeah, I don't It did not make a lot of sense to me that he was framed with the knife. When I look at the big picture and I look at how calculating the Lannisters are and I look at all of those pieces, it does not make sense to me that they would frame him because as much as they may hate him, they don't want someone else doing that to their family. You know, they're very concerned with images. And I mean, his the only reason his father goes to, you know, get him back because he's like, what would people have thought? Yeah. So I I can't, I'm really having a hard time seeing why they would frame him in the first place. Though I guess it's more... It all depends on who's doing the framing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I assumed it was the Lannisters simply because of circumstance. I'm not sure. I don't know, I'm not there yet. (laughs) Well, I I was going to say, I don't don't think I know yet either, honestly. Yeah, I I kind of... I don't don't think it's ever... hmm, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely not enough information to talk about it yet. As, As far as I know, nobody has come out and said, I framed Tyrion Lannister but there's, I think there's other clues from the other books. Maybe I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's now been several weeks since I read the second and third books, and I read the, the second, third, and fourth books once. I've reread this first one for the podcast, but I haven't reread the others. So, do you feel that uh, Tyrion was uh, that he was lying and that, and that it actually was his his knife? How do we feel about that? I mean, he could he could be lying. Well, He's a I lying, think dirty lying Lannister after all. Well, his argument, which really amused me at the time, was, well, you know, the story's not true because I never bet against my brother. That is a great line. Which actually, it struck me as funny at the time, but I actually can sort of see some truth in it because he is sort of barely tolerated, Mm -hmm. you know? And doing that is just one more thing that they Mm -hmm. would count against him. And he's too smart for that to give them more ammo for something so little. Well, I think he also, he may not say that he does, but I think he really wants Casterly Rock. There's only so much betrayal and whatnot you they'll accept before and they'll just completely cut him off, even if they do, Lannisters do stick together or whatever. And it's important for him to maintain appearances of nothing else. Oh, that's why you guys were talking over me. My mute button was on. Ah. <laughs> yes, Classic can be Welcome back. I was just saying that Amelie's right. Tyrion is too smart to do that. And if he did bet against the family, that's something that would irritate Tywin to no end. And life isn't pleasant for him as it is. He's sort of tolerated it. It's very interesting that he has a presence at court and not necessarily at home with the family. They're all at court, actually. All... All three of his kids. Well, 
know, yeah. it makes sense for Cersei. Because they don't have an heir. I mean, it's, it's if Ty- Tyrion was recognized as the heir, he'd probably be back at Casterly Rock, but he's not. They're in this weird limbo where they're, Jamie's in the King's Guard, but they're not saying he's not the heir, even though he's obviously not the heir because he's in the King's Guard. I mean, it's... Mm. Interesting, because you wonder how long they could have gone on like this. I mean, the plot of the book happened, but, like, if we pretend it didn't, like, when would Tywin have to acknowledge what... (laughs) On his deathbed. I honestly think that they were planning to ignore the custom. Not... Quit. Or ignore the well, custom. Well, probably that, but ignore the custom, and he's going to be heir anyway. I, yeah. I get the sense that it, Jamie doesn't really care. About I almost wonder if what they were gonna, if what they wanted to do was like have Jamie have, and maybe if Jamie had new kids, have it pass the Tommen. Because mm-hmm. then that gets that gets the royalty in there. Because then that, that shifts. You well, know? and they were that is actually that's that's uh, Casterly Rock over to point. the you know the second son of the king, and then the Tommen's line is now Lords of Casterly Rock. Yeah, if they disavow Tyrion by virtue of his deformity, which probably I mean, I wouldn't be I, all that hard to do in this society. Because I mean, it's not like deform- he can sue them. I mean, I think there's this procedure that, you know, everybody follows this, these kind of rules, which are probably not laws, if this place even has laws. Like, we think of laws. I think he could very well, Tywin, could very well either never say and then just die and let everybody else deal with it because he's dead and doesn't care. <laughs> or, <laughs> that you would know, not be just, very responsible of him. Or no, skip, ty- or skip, skip I, I, Tyrion. Well, I mean, given I, that... Without saying anything, you know, not even acknowledge that you skipped Tyrion. Given the fact that they had already made a plan to consolidate the powers of Guardian of East and West into Jamie before Robert yeah, died. Yeah, that's actually think, a really good point. I think wow. that the plan was to give him enough power that no one would challenge it. Mm-hmm, that too. Because, I mean, no, honestly. That the Lannisters like more than gold, it's power. Who's going to be upset? I mean, F- you got it's Tyrion. I mean, Tyrion has no real resources to get, you know, do anything Beyond based his on his his upset. I guess you could possibly say that Robert might get upset, but Robert probably doesn't like Tyrion either. Yeah, I really did get the the idea that that Tyrion is basically universally hated, except by I us. Think that's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, except by the reader, in, yeah. in the book, I think probably. I mean, John likes him, but I think exactly. you know, but, but John he's an outcast gets him, as well. Yeah. I think probably everybody else either yeah. doesn't like him or doesn't care. Well, and yeah. Jamie comes across, I mean, Robert has totally accepted him as, you know, his sort of bosom buddy. Despite everything that's happened, he has no qualms about placing all of his trust in this man. So, you know, well, I, don't I don't see that. He has no qualms. He is the Kingslayer after all. He is. Yeah, Robert's not a man who lives with qualms. He's not a qualmful man. He really just lives like a, full speed. I don't think he's afraid of Jamie. No, because Jamie was on his side, I think. But I think I think he's afraid. He's more afraid of Lannisters in general. I mean, not maybe not afraid, but I think distrustful. But Robert? I think it's more because, yeah, because the Lannisters are foot poppers. I mean, no, I think, he, you don't think so? I think. No, because he is totally, he's putting more power in that. He has no problem with the fact that all his squires are Lannisters, that his mother, uh, that his father-in-law has all of this. But I don't think he likes it. I think he just doesn't likes them, but I don't think he 
is like, oh my God, there's everyone at my back. I think he just sort of doesn't like them. I think it's more that he just, like I was saying before, he just doesn't care about anything. You know, I think he doesn't care that these Lannisters around him might kill him. He doesn't care about such and such. I'm going to bring up a Spaceballs reference here. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Keep firing, assholes. He doesn't care because he's in charge. And as long as they do what he wants, he'll still be in charge. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, he is the king, after all. He I might, mean, he's he, he would not afraid of his father-in-law because he's the king, but... And he's not afraid of his wife because uh, he's the king and she's his wife. And and she's yeah, a woman. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think he likes um, her. I think what it is... He does not like her. He's not worried about a challenge to his authority directly so much as he knows other people don't like the Lannisters. Right. So, like Ned. Like Ned. Uh, like the, the folk in the South in Dorne. They don't like Lannister very much. Like so I think in- Robert is very much someone who would... I mean, he... Well, no, actually, I take this back because I was about to say he is... He he strikes me as someone who might just, you know, die and let everybody else worry about it after he's dead. Because, But then again, he does angst some about Joff as heir. I think also the situation would be a lot more volatile if he realized that he had no natural-born sons to wear the right. crown after him. And he thinks that Cersei is like she is, but it's okay because it's their kids. He doesn't realize it's just her kids that she's doing mm-hmm. this for. So I think he, he'd be a little more involved. He doesn't have all the information. And is it just me? But I feel like if there's already these genes that you're getting, like Tyron the Imp, that if you're having twins have children, really, we should be seeing some defects or something. We do. Mental instability. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, like there are some really like. Joffrey is crazy and I'm not sure if it's up yet. I would wonder if Tommen's a little slow. That's possible. I mean, he seems, I don't remember how old he is, like throughout off for, but I, I, it's, something seems off there. Marcella, I would say, is probably pretty normal. We haven't seen enough of her to yeah. judge. It's true. What did she do when they were up in Winterfell? Just sort of sat there. Like, they mentioned that she sat in with Arya and Sansa and with Septim Ordain, but she doesn't do anything. And they just say, the princess is here, the princess is here, oh my god, the princess. But she didn't really have any lines. I don't think she has any lines at all, actually. <laughs> well, she has no, no perspective so far. Uh, uh, the only Lannister we've had a perspective from. Right. Point. Be interesting to see more of that. See if any other characters in the future get viewpoints. Okay, so I, I, he, he continues to add them. I have acquired a picture of the actor playing Joffrey, and he still looks goofy. <laughs> He's gotten a haircut, though, which is good. Oh, that's good. You can I, mean, see I don't think I'm. Ears now. Where, how are you doing? Are you sending a link? Or are you. Send a link. I pasted a link. Oh, okay, in the good. That's kind of a weird look to him. His name is Jack Gleason. Like Jack Gleason. As opposed I to Jack so. Gleason. And not like Jack Gleason. Jackie Gleason from the Honeymooners. Crickets. I know what you're talking about. P.S. But I kind of I don't I don't know what he is like as an actor. But I mean, he definitely he's just a kid. I mean, he's a kid, and I think that's an important thing to remember is just how young he is because I think you sometimes lose track of that in the story. I mean, you're yeah. like, this is an evil little bitch boy. Like, but <laughs> I like that evil little bitch boy. <laughs> I mean, he is. I mean, he's very petty. He is incredibly shallow, which you know makes. Him a good match for Sansa in many ways, but but he's just so young. I would thought he'd be prettier than this. He's the product of tw- of twins having children. What do you want? They, they go on, they go on and on about how, how oh gorgeous God. he is. <laughs> Thank you, not like going out. there. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, not not like I was expecting him to be hot. I mean, he's 
a little kid, but I mean, I thought it was maybe it's just Sansa's perspective because you know she's going to marry him, so she might as well think he's hot because she's I think she just idolizes him. the idea of him. You know, mm-hmm. it, it really didn't matter what he was like, and really, ultimately, it doesn't matter what he is like. You know, she has this image in her head, and she's like, "Oh my god, he's blonde." And, like, that's, like, the extent of her thought about it, you know? I mean, she she doesn't have a lot more depth than that in terms of her thoughts about him. She's like, he's so blonde and shiny, so. And she thinks everything he does is gallant, even when he chucks his sword in the river. Or even when Arya chucks his sword in the river. Here's one with his hair. That's really bizarre looking. I know. What? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Um, my. Yeah. (laughs) That does not look like how I pictured Joffrey, even Joffrey. The flowing golden locks of hair. No? Wait till you see him, like, all fopped up and everything. Oh, I can't wait to see him get fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) We're making up verbs. It's good. Is there another good picture of him? Where's the original? Is there a difference in age in these pictures? Presumably. I just did a Google image search. And I'm looking for that kid. It's a lot to get though. How the hell did that picture show up? It's a picture of Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's a stat. Why is that in this search? We've complained about the new Google thing before. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, you get some weird returns that way. Why well, I, I hate went. both I hate both how Google images look now and I also hate how it tries to guess what you're typing and then you, you wind up searching for like like This is the first picture we ever saw of Joffrey. Oh, is that the one with looking like, one, like a real goofball? That's the one with his ear. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, that is a goofy picture of him. Oh, Joffrey. Joffrey, Joffrey, Joffrey. <laughs> so. It looks like he's just me. I guess if he only has one, it's enough to go around. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. I still think the little finger guy is attractive. Let's not get off on looking at pictures yes. of the cast again. So here yeah. is one. It's a picture of James Callis, and it says Peter Pellish on it. <laughs> That's hysterical. Do you know how many bowling balls I had to drop into episode 31 because we were all looking at pictures? (laughs) Was it more than two? Yes, it was more than two. (laughs) And then we get sidetracked into discussing where PS and Gen 2 wanted to get married off to. Oh, yeah. I think we should ask Amelie just to have the whole collection. Sure. Amelie, if you had your choice, assuming as a given that there is an eligible person to marry, which of the seven kingdoms would you like to live in? Like as like a woman, like being like sent off to marry into some place where would you want to wind up probably in with the tullys yeah and i think one of my, my I, I think i had it down between tully and dorn no I, yes, yeah. you wanted to go visit the dothraki did i well that's yes. after i saw that's after i how, saw how smoking hot the guy that's playing drogo in the movie is <laughs> you gotta show you gotta show for our listeners it's jason momoa who played Ronan Dex in Stargate Atlantis. And he's playing Conan in the new movie. Yes, he is. He's guys done well for himself. Yep. And just how long is his hair going to be? <laughs> well, uh, he's never lost fight. Yes, so. never been cut. Which I think is kind of actually kind of icky. So I think I'm going to stick around with Dorn. You don't like guys with long hair? Not that long. Mm. Well, I mean, there comes a point where your hair doesn't get a lot longer just because of damage. Yeah. I mean, I think the longest yep. line ever was was down to my waist. Yeah. Most people have a hard time growing their hair past their waist um, simply because it doesn't grow as fast as it breaks. Okay, well, let me put it this way. If you are yourself living in modern times in America and you're taking baths and stuff, that's fine. But I think the Dothraki probably aren't too much into baths or shampoo or <laughs> maintenance. So I Go think ahead. it might be a Go little ahead, gross. P.S. Go ahead and insult the rest of Arabia while you're at it. <laughs> 
The Dothraki, I'm saying, I said modern times. <laughs> oh, dear. I said modern times. I said America because I was talking about you, death roll, because you were talking about your own self and your own long hair. Uh, I was just throwing it out there. You're the one who has to start talking about how awful it is to live in the desert. <laughs> I, anyway, we they're apologize. not the desert. They're in the grasslands. I think they're he might have meant Dorn. Actually, Dorn I, I think I didn't. Didn't I say Dorn was like you know attractive and like kind of the Arabian Nights kind of way? Like if I went to Dorn, if I married into the Dorn family, I could be Princess Jasmine. Yeah, I like the Tullys because I feel like they have best sort of. Modern They're the best people, you know. Like I feel like if I had to be with these people, I would want to be. They with seem the to have more of a sense of fun than the Starks. The Starks. Yeah, <laughs> and but at the same time, you know. I grew up near the ocean. I like that. And, but they're, they're very focused on family. And I think that they, they have the best balance of sort of looking out for each other as whereas some of the others are sort of more cutthroat even within, within the family. That's a very good word to use there. Balance. They have, they do seem to have a lot of the, it's not just, it's not just honor. It's, it's not just, you know, we must prepare for winter, for example, or, we must rape and pillage along the coastline or something like that. It's it's good and balanced. Good Winter is coming. Winter is coming, and nobody seems to pay any attention. No, nope. well, it's November, so. Well, and like I'm I'm watching the Black Guard take the bodies into the fort, and I'm like, this is one of those bad scenes in a movie. Don't do it. <laughs> So I, I'm, I'm interested to watch that on film because cinematically I could totally picture this as I was reading it. Oh, yeah. See, that's why I'm so like have reservations about the show because I, I have such a clear image in my head of this book and just how everything happens. And I hope that they do the others justice because they are really, really creepy. Oh, the- yes. Yeah. I'm, Remind I'm thinking- me of whites from... Dungeons and Dragons. They should be. Games. Well, they are whites. They should be. If that's done right, that'll that'll be a good hook for a lot of people to know that that kind of awesomeness is coming during the, the series. Especially since most of the rest of this, since you don't see a lot of magic or other types of things, especially in this first book, it's just the others and obviously Danny and the dragons at the end. But like that's at the very end. The others, I think, will hold a lot of people, a lot of people other who are like more, you know, kind of magical fantasy type people, if they're done right. And HBO's not going to be stupid. Well, I think also, depending on how they do it, there's a lot of introduction about the children or the children of the trees. I don't remember the exact name. There's a lot of discussion about them fairly early on, mostly in the context of children's stories. But you could totally incorporate that very early on to give it more of a fantasy feel to sort of hint at they might really exist. I kind of like that this book is not like overt fantasies. Like it's it's not what I've often called wizards and dragons and shit. Though there's actually dragons in the story. But I mean, I feel like it's stronger for the fact that it doesn't fall back on these, these yeah, there, there's consequences to stuff. If you get into a battle and you take a javelin through the chest, there is no cleric to cast the healing spell on you. You are yep. going to die very, very agonizingly. And, and I mean, if they can, it almost seems more to me science, like maybe I mean science based, but like the it's not much overt magic. Like the dragons near the end, it's kind of. 
nebulous. I mean, she took the dragons into the fire and she didn't die, but the dragons hatched and then she nursed the dragons. But that's kind of the most ridiculous thing, I think, in the entire series. You know, I mean, from that perspective. More ridiculous than the stillborn babe with scales being torn from her belly stillborn? What? Sort of connecting that whole (laughs) the end of the Danny plot is kind of of the only getting into yeah, magic territory. Where the rest of it is just plain fine by me. I was going to say, that's actually the, the fact that it is so realistic and that if you get a cut on the arm and you don't treat that thing, you could lose that arm. You know, that's, yeah. that's the kind You'll of thing. you get gangrene. Exactly. Ned breaks his leg and it's a huge deal because he's got to get it healed first. And, you know, he's he's basically crippled from the time he gets his leg wounded till he dies. And he's in tremendous pain. And it's... Well, Bran, I mean, Bran was pretty much dead. They, they assumed, everybody seemed to assume Bran was going to die. Yeah. Because you don't, you know, without modern medical assistance, it's very hard to wake up from a coma. Bad doctor? Uh... They have a basic medical training. Yeah. It's very hard uh, to obviously to live well paralyzed. Well, what are they giving? They giving like honey water? Yeah, and, <laughs> like which I mean, I guess that's okay. It's it's calories. It's it's water. That's what he needs. But it's the best. Not medicine. <laughs> it's not like they can hook up the IV and get him on a solution. You know, exactly. Right. They, they can give him some milk of the poppy, which I always, which I thought was hysterical. Yeah, opium. <laughs> but that's what you know. A lot of painkillers are based on is that is that opiates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What else? Do they, what, what is the other one they I don't know they have other they have other leeches <laughs> leeches yeah <laughs> Leeches are kind of ridiculous, but yeah, the the, the medicine is leeches is so- actually leeches work. And uh, it was a couple of years ago I read an article about how they're making a comeback because they're cheap. <laughs> well, they are, also they are- um, not just leeches, but using like maggots. Yeah, because maggots. they'll eat the dead they'll eat the dead flesh and leave behind what can heal. Yeah, they don't touch healthy tissue. It's only the decayed stuff that they go after. So, I mean, it's gross and creepy and so on, but it's actually fairly sound science. I I mean, so many medicines are based on plants, like plants that come from the jungle. And the natives in the jungle had been using the plants for years, like as healing. I have some insider info here. Apparently, maggots are used to treat burn victims. Mm. Interesting. Yes. It's gross, but it's interesting. Yes. Yes. It seems like the maesters get treatment, or not treatment, uh, they get um, schooled in the use of these medicinal arts. Right. I mean, the maesters are clearly like the best they have, because they're not really doctors. I mean, it's just maesters. No. And the maesters seem to be, it almost, like we were talking before about genes and whether they might have some basic understanding of genes. And I wonder what kind of germ theory they have. Mm, that's a good point. Where is their medical? It strikes me where they have a more medieval kind of feeling about it. But they also, you know, they may have some basic theory, although modern germ theory didn't evolve until like what, the 20th century. The Civil War. Like it's, it's this, been, The Civil War was big yeah. breakthrough on understanding germ theory. So they have doctors. Like uh, they've got so. basic medical training. Is that from a Monty Python movie? It is. Crickets. It's the Holy Grail. Because you did your Monty Python voice. Even I mean, I knew from, it was Monty Python because you uh, did your Monty Python voice, even though I haven't ever seen it. Is I that know from the, the Castle Anthrax. Yes. 
There we go. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> let me have just a little bit of peril. <laughs> Look, let me go back in there and face the peril. <laughs> no, it's too perilous. That's a Good great times. scene. The whole movie's great. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> Every... And I and I feel I feel less of a man that I that I not immediately recognize the quote as being from it. It's okay, no worries. That's all right. Let's see. Ooh. Like I said, it's all in the voice. <laughs> An hour and a half ago, I sent Mike a Skype message saying we're giving you a whole bunch of props on the podcast right now for getting us all hooked on A Song of Ice and Fire. And he responds now, LOL, good. Way to... Nice to know. Mike. <laughs> well, no, I think it's only fair to tell him we're talking about him in a good way. Sure. <laughs> yeah. In a positive fashion. Yes, and uh, talking about him and his monopoly money, or his or his craziness and in, 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 uh, in insisting, despite that Aaron is gay, numerous numerous <laughs> direct statements to the contrary that uh, that people are of sexual preference other than what they actually are, or that they that they that he knows what people might cook. Which I thought P.S. actually convinced him that you are in fact. I did. Straight. I, I did. He. I think I set him straight because ha 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 set him straight. But um. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Aaron, you know, I, I tell my my kid all the time, if you don't try it, you don't know if you're going to like it. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Thanks, Alboy. I'll, I'll get welcome. right on that. <laughs> <sighs> you don't have to eat the whole thing, just a couple bites. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Oh, look at the time. I think I got to go. Oh, look at the time. So anyway, this has been us not being gay. Sorry, Honor. Whoever. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, just not for us. So, And there is no homosexuality we? within this book, as far as I know. Actually. Um, oh, discuss. In the first book, is there? Um, uh, I can't book, remember. Book, there is something we could talk about, but not in front of Amelie. <laughs> You can if you want to. I don't really care. Oh, well, actually, I suppose it's not a huge plot point, but at one point there is a person who declares that he is king and establishes not the White Knights of the King's Guard, but the Rainbow Guard. <laughs> well then. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And he does a lot of praying for his soul. In a sense of I think she means that he spends me. a lot of time on his knees. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I never caught that death. Really? I, I never, I never didn't put two, two and two together there. Oh my goodness! Because they Come talk pray, about that Come character in that context in other places. It makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> it makes well, a lot of sense because there's a, we can talk about it when Amelie's gone, but it's it's actually pretty subtle. You know, I mean, really, you really it's, don't think so? It's, it's, I, I'm, <laughs> Having seven sworn swords, each with a different color cloak, that's subtle to you? Well, that's not subtle. <laughs> that's rather out there. Blight. Flamboyant, Is even. the word you're looking for flamboyant? Yeah. Yes, that's what I just said. Mm. <laughs> awesome. I, I, I think that's more of a, a, a nod to the to the reader. Yeah, I think yeah. that's real life. I mean, it's not like they have gay bribery. It doesn't mean that in this world, I'm sure, but to us it does, and that makes... But it still makes more a lot of sense given other facts uh, that I won't discuss right now. We we can discuss that when it comes time. Amelie, yes. hurry up and read the next book. Do you need Do you need the next book? I'll buy it for you for Christmas. 
No, it's okay. One of my housemates has the rest of the series. Actually, he loaned out his copy of A Game of Thrones, so I told him he could have my copy once I was done reading it so that he would have, you know, because like he has his, his very feng shui system of having his books and oh. not having the first when the series was really getting to him. And he was like, yeah. I have to buy another copy. And I was uh-huh. like, okay, I'll just give you mine. It's fine. <laughs> I Never think I would books. get along with your friend very well. I'm Never lend sure. books. Except like, for when I first met you, I actually, I had the thought that I was like, hmm? You and Corey would get along. Better Somebody you and Kelly one or the other. Let's Aaron? put together a night when we can all go out on the town. I don't know. You're you awfully far away. Not really. <laughs> P.S. I just said that you're, you're a book hoarder. No, not really, Omli. I've moved east. Have you? I am a book yeah. hoarder. I, I was live in Big Fox. The Great Bill Adama. I need to rewatch that series. It was really good. As do I, actually. I support that. Of course you do. Well, it yeah, sounds like we're not talking about the Game right, of Thrones so. anymore. Game of Thrones. Does anybody um, have anything else to say? Where were we? What were we discussing? We were discussing Tyrion, and I think Tyrion was the last character we were consciously discussing because discussing because okay. we kind of did a little bit of Danny and a little bit of other people. Bran. Yeah, we, we did I mean, Danny last week. We who we come- have who. Could we have left a Bran? Could we discuss Bran in actual detail? Could we, John? There's not a lot to say about Bran in this book except to talk about his dream, maybe, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Interpreting his dream is, is important. See. Three-eyed raven, yeah. Uh-huh. Crow. But, yes. Is there a difference between crows and ravens? Yes. Yes, but they're similar. Yeah. Well, there's they're both black birds. Being beheaded. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> I'm sure the differences are more marked than that, but okay. I have the dream here. If we would like to sure. discuss it, I will. Mean- it's only a couple of pages, and I read very well. So all right, it's, read away. It, it seemed as though he had been falling for years. Fly, a voice whispered in the darkness. But Bran did not know how to fly, so all he could do was fall. Master Lewin made a little boy of clay, baked him till he was hard and brittle, dressed him in Bran's clothes, and flung him off a roof. Bran remembered the way he shattered. But I never fall, he said, falling. The ground was so far below him, he could barely make it out through the gray mist. The world. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, a voice is talking to him, and the ground is closer. You know, don't cry, fly. And he says, I can't fly. And he's, Bran says, he can't fly. And the voice says, how do you know? Have you ever tried? And the voice was high and thin. Bran looked around to see where it was coming from. A crow was spiraling down with him, just out of reach following him as he fell. Help me, he said. I'm trying, the crow replied. Say, got any corn? <laughs> I'd forgotten that line. <laughs> these re- these crows and their corn, they're so funny. Yeah, they love the corn. Corn! 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 You do a very good crow accent. I do this thing with accents. It's, it's He's doing. our resident uh, voice man, I guess. Yeah. Try to be, when Scott's not around. Yeah, you and Scott can... Bran reaches into his pocket and he actually pulls out corn and the crow lands on his hand, begins to eat, asks, are you really a crow? Crow asks, are you really falling? Bran says, it's just a dream. Crow says, is it? He says, I'll wake up when I hit the ground. Crow says, you'll die when you hit the ground. And Bran looks down. He can see mountains now, peaks white with snow, silver thread of rivers and dark woods. He closes his eyes and begins to cry. Crow says, that won't do any good. I told you the answer is flying, not crying. How hard can it be? Look at me. I'm doing it. And Bran says, well, you have wings, and maybe you do too. Crow says, there are different kinds of wings. 
Bran was staring at his arms, his legs. He was so skinny, just skin stretched taut over bones. Had he always been so thin? He tried to remember. A face swam up at him out of the gray mist, shining with light golden. The things I do for love. That's Jamie. Right before he throws him out the window, Bran screams and... Crow tells him to forget that, and actually this is why he can't remember it when he wakes up, because the crow made him forget. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Crow took, uh, Bran screams, Crow takes to the air, cawing, and not that, it shrieked at him, forget that, you do not need it now, put it aside, put it away. It landed on Bran's shoulder and pecked at him, and the shining golden face was gone. That's interesting. That's, that's very interesting, because I will say that... Much like, was it Mike or Chi in italics, I often glossed Mike. over dreams. I did that Mike. too. And, I think my things were songs and dreams. I often skip yeah. them. And in this book, they I, I learned this now about the dreams. They are often significant. Oh, yes. In this book, I do read the songs because I have learned from my era. You, you want to you wanna find the Song of Ice and Fire. That's what it is. Yeah, I was also, I, I think what struck me the most, what got me reading songs was the bear. The what? The bear one. Song you don't remember the bear? bear? The bear and the maid with golden hair. Not remembering, but that's okay. Um, so Bran is falling. He asks the crow, what are you doing to me? Teaching how to fly. Can't fly. Makes him look down. He sees Winterfell as the eagles see it. The tall towers look squat from above. He sees Hodor. He looks east. Sees a galley racing across the waters of the Bight. He sees his mother on her way down to King's Landing. Sees Sir Roderick throwing up. That's nice. I'm glad George R. R. Martin included that little detail in here. He looks south. And he sees his father pleading with the king. He sees Sansa crying herself to sleep. He sees Arya watching in silence. Terrible shadow. There were terrible shadows all around them. One shadow was dark as ash with the terrible face of a hound. Another was armored like the sun, golden and beautiful. Over them both loomed a giant in armor made of stone. But when he opened his visor, there was nothing inside but darkness and thick black blood. He lifted his eyes and saw clear across the narrow sea to the free cities and the green Dothraki Sea. You're right, grasslands. He looks north. Ooh, interesting line. I just caught this. He looks to the free cities, the green Dothraki Sea and beyond, to Vase Dothrak under its mountain, to the fabled lands of the Jade Sea, to a side by the shadow where dragons stirred beneath the sunrise. Ooh, this is good. Nice. Interesting. He finally looked north. He saw the wall shimmering like blue crystal and his bastard brother John sleeping alone in a cold bed. I, I like the prose here. His skin growing pale and hard as the memory of all warmth fled from him. Very poetic. And he looked past the wall, past endless forests cloaked in snow, past the frozen shore and the great blue-white rivers of ice and the dead plains where nothing grew or lived. North and north and north he looked to the curtain of light at the end of the world and then beyond that curtain. He looked deep into the heart of winter and then he cried out, afraid, and the heat of his tears burned on his cheeks. Now you know, the crow whispered as it sat on his shoulder. Now you know why you must live. Why, Bran said, not understanding, falling, falling, Crow says, because winter is coming. Bran looked at the crow on his shoulder, and the crow looked back. It had three eyes, and the third eye was full of a terrible knowledge. Bran looked down. There was nothing below him 
Fries are done. There was nothing below him now but snow and cold and death, a frozen wasteland where jagged blue-white spires of ice waited to embrace him. They flew up at him like spears. He saw the bones of a thousand other dreamers impaled upon their points. He was desperately afraid. He asks, can a man still be brave if he's afraid? And he hears his father's voice. That is the only time a man can be brave. The crow urges him to choose now, fly or die, and he spread his arms to fly. And then Please he wakes up. Mind, I want to see him fly. <laughs> yes, uh, that's very interesting. So doing some research here, it says crows account for an entire family of birds, which include ravens. Oh, so, so all ravens, all are, ravens crows. are crows, but not all crows are ravens. Yep. Crows can be ravens, jays, or magpies. Huh. Interesting. Thank you which makes that. me wonder what these are, because I know magpies are smart. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the other question is, is, I mean, I know crows are a thing, but it makes me wonder whether what they call crows are, are what we call crows. Mm-hmm. The ravens are very smart. They use them to the deliver messages. They are the owls of this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing is, is that we, there's a lot of differentiation that is done. I have forgotten the title of the commander of the Black Guard. What is his name? The Lord Commander? Yeah. The Lord Jorah. Commander's Raven. Not Jura. Lord. Oh, Jorah. yeah. Oh, um, Jorah. Yeah, Jorah. So his Jorah. raven... There's a lot of emphasis that is put on the fact that he is different than other ravens and that he prefers fruit and corn, as whereas the other ones prefer meat. Do you remember this part? Mm-hmm. Sort of towards the end. But it's sort of interesting when you tie it back with this dream where you have a crow, which could nominally be a raven, who starts off, you know, the dream with, you know, corn, corn. And if there is some have sort we, of tie there. Yeah, I think we may have gone through this Wikipedia article about the crow in mythology, but here's one about the raven. Okay. And it says that, for one thing, the raven is mentioned in the Quran, but only once describing the story of Cain and Abel. The raven here teaches men how to bury dead bodies. Do you think that the people in the story distinguish between crows and ravens? That's why I was wondering whether what they call a raven is what we would call a raven, because there's lots of interesting... I think we can assume that they do, yeah. because it's like a horse. We, we had this says, discussion. Ooh, you you ooh, can't make up in- a story about made-up animals. Because yeah. then it's a story about made-up animals. In oh, later Aaron. Norse mythology, Odin is described as having two ravens, Hugin and Munin, serving as his eyes and ears. Hugin being referred to as thought and Munin as memory. Every day the ravens fly from this place that I can't pronounce and bring Odin news from Midgard. So they bring news and they're his eyes and ears, which I think is pretty interesting. And then, of course, there's this other mythology where raven creates the world, mm-hmm. including one called the Raven and the First Men. Well, so there's an interesting discussion because the girl from the north is talking to Bran at one point, and he said he's praying to the old gods, and he's you mean Tonks? Him. I don't remember her name. Osha is being played by the Tonks actress. Oh, I don't know. So she says, but they can't look out for him down there. All the woods are cut down. They have no eyes. You know, the old gods have no eyes down in the south. Right, because all the heart so, trees have been cut down. Right. So it would be interesting if the ravens are used as such. The other thing There's I no want to... There's no real indication that the ravens are a religious figure, though, is there? Like, I feel like they have their religious figures with the seven, and then it's the old gods, which are associated with the trees, but not so much the ravens. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, and um, also, I don't think it would be such explicitly an Earth religion as this particularly particular story that I found. I just think it's interesting symbolism, especially the, the raven and the first men, mm-hmm. which is right here. It may be the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm Googling from a U.S. address, which does bias your results. Although my iPhone likes to go to Google UK for whatever reason. I know it's very, it's weird. Anyway, but when I'm looking at this, most of the differences I'm seeing between when they discuss differences between ravens and crows, they're always comparing North American ravens to crows. What do you mean? African or European swallow? So I wonder, given that this is strongly based on sort of the War of the Roses, you know, if, if this is set in a Europe-like setting. Well, it's actually if- interesting because you can tell quite clearly that this is the southern hemisphere of whatever planet they're on because it's got the moss on the trees is described when they're going south. Either, I mean, I don't know if the whole place is in there or if they cross the equator uh, when they're heading down to King's Landing, but they do I talk about I think they the have country. to because the north is the north. Brilliant! Right. I get the sense that beyond the wall is like Antarctica. In this case, it would be Arctica. Yeah, the, disti- yeah, the, di- the, distance, the distance that I saw made it almost seem like the wall was around, like if we pretend that this is Earth. I remember it being quoted that King's Landing is down in South America somewhere and that the wall is in Canada. Yeah, the north is huge too. Um, yeah. They, don't get they, did, they, they traveled a long way. Let's look at the map. Yeah, I mean, the north there's no is miles as big. The-, the north is as big as the rest of the seven kingdoms put together. Yeah, yeah. it's just not as it's just not as populated. From the edge of the map down to the wall is like my pinky finger, knuckle the, t- the top of my pinky finger, yeah. and you've got the rest of the north here going down to River Run. Is at the way bottom of this picture, and then yeah. over the the other one is the rest of the seven kingdoms. So yeah, this is basically all. No, I'm not. I mean, you've got the twins. I'm not sure what gray water. What I mean, the neck. Everything north. Greywater Watch is where Howland Reed lives. So that's Winterfell. I mean, that's North Control. So the line is somewhere between Greywater Watch and the Twins. Yeah, the neck and everything north of it is considered the north. As for the equator in this particular world. Oh, my only evidence for that they're either in this, they're either entirely in the southern hemisphere or they crossed the equator is the moss. King's Landing is definitely in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm thinking that Dorne might be around the equator because it is a desert. We don't know that it's the same size as Earth or that the... There's good maps of it if you go to the, some of the fan sites. That's why I'm, I'm looking up the moss thing because I know it exists. That's why I'm Googling. Can I just tell you that I've seen moss grow on all sides of a tree? Hmm. Well, I mean, this is mostly on one side. I've got personal experience, and it doesn't match up with that. And I've seen lots of moss in my days. Well, they make a point out of it. I think there's a difference between saying, like, well, I saw a tree with moss on it, and saying that they made a point of it and that it's symbolic, and it's information that they didn't have to put in the book that tells you something. One, I object to your tone when you imitated me. Sorry. And it's not just one tree. I've literally seen hundreds of trees like this. Okay, I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm really no expert. I'm just saying what it might mean, you know? Because I think I think it could have a lot of meaning. I mean, be, I mean, I mean, not a meaning in the sense that there's a big deal about it being in the southern hemisphere, but like it's interesting. The way you see Westeros depicted is a very vertical continent. It's a lot it of is straight up and down. And it wonder is. if maybe like when um, you makes me wonder like what else is there? Like you have this long thing floating in the sea, and there's 
there's the, the, you know, the seven free cities and where the Dothraki live or somewhere over here. Of course, you can't see where over here is because you can't see me, but doesn't one of the later books have more map? I don't remember. I've seen Um, better maps online than I've seen right now. But anyway, I mean, that's what I was saying about, like, we don't know how big this planet is because if it's smaller than Earth, then couldn't it be different? I mean, we are assuming that this planet is basically similar to Earth. Are we? Do you remember the big discussion we had about what causes the seasons to be wonky the way they are? No, I wasn't. I'm not saying that we were assuming it. I mean, I was saying that I think it might be smaller. Or what did we say before? Did we decide how big it was? I don't think we discussed the size of the planet. We mostly discussed the orbit and the rotation. I was just saying that it might, like, because what you were saying about the equator, it might be smaller because, for one thing, it takes them, it doesn't take them, I mean, if you think about the time it would take to go from, like, Canada to Brazil, it doesn't seem like it takes that yeah, long to get yeah, from. Yeah. So I think it'll, if it's smaller, then you're going to have less distance between the poles, obviously, because it's smaller, which might mean that it's not some great, great trek. And actually, my Googling tells me the moss thing is not in this book, but it's not really a spoiler to say that there's moss in the book. <laughs> no, it's, no, no, probably not. <laughs> it says it's to see how the moss grows mostly on one side of the tree that's south. So that's what it says. I mean, moss could probably grow anywhere, but I know I've heard that in the northern hemisphere about north. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But like I said, I think it's in the book and he says it's south. I mean, he did it deliberately, you know, so I think it means at least he's trying to tell us, tell us that they're in the southern hemisphere. Whether that's, I mean, that's completely meaningless, but I do think Do you guys want to talk about what's north of the wall? Have you already talked about this? I wonder how much... I I was actually going to suggest we wrap it up for the night. It's almost 11 o'clock. Can do. Sure. I mean, if you guys want to keep talking, definitely keep on going, but... I gotta go. I gotta go to bed. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I guess we only need to do one more, huh? Tomorrow's Veterans Day, so I can sleep in. I wish I had the day off. Should oh. we should all have the I day have off a- to honor our vets? I agree. Mm-hmm. We should yeah. all. Have I have a, a planning off. meeting for our convention, so it's not completely off, but close enough. So, do you think we only need one more in this book? Like, do you think we? have almost exhausted oh no no No? definitely not I think there's more to talk about I think we need to talk about John most definitely we should take some notes for next time well that's what I that's kind of what I was asking as was my um, my my my, my motive in asking this question John we need to talk about are there any other point of view characters that we need to that's what I was thinking we kind of did I thought we did Arya we we did Danny we did Danny did Danny pretty in depth actually yeah quite in depth was most of the podcast. Let's see. Well, there's we haven't really gone into Rob as King yeah, in the North. We really we should discuss this Rob. plot line. I'm fine with discussing it. I think maybe Rob as King in the North ought to be in the next book. It does happen here, but it's okay. built upon in the next book. We uh, could do that as well. I mean, there, yeah, that's more of it. There's not a lot book. of him in this book. There's really. I'm, I'm just flipping through the book and stopping yeah. when I see something we haven't talked about. Basically, I don't think we ever get a Rob point of view chapter. No, not no. in this book. Which never bothered me because I feel like he's sufficiently taken care of by the people around him. Yeah, we get. I never. I was never yeah. desiring of a Rob point of view. Arya 
she's come up quite a bit. We might want to tack some more discussion of her on to next week. Possibly what's north of the wall. Um, yeah, that's a good discussion. Yeah, point. with John. We, we said we would do John. We'll definitely discuss John. Let's see. We've discussed Tyrion quite a bit. I think that's all we have yeah. for Possibly differences in mythology because there's some pretty significant cultural background. You're going to have to come back on, um, like, because I think that's one of the topics I think is really, really interesting. Like, the mythology and religion of this universe. That's a good topic for discussion, definitely. Would anyone be interested in discussing what might have happened had they allowed Ned to take the black? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I think that sounds like an awesome AU. It really does. Yeah. Well, and there was like another thing earlier that I was saying I was about, I mean, the discussion drifted and I forget what it was, but I was going to going to say it would have been an interesting AU, but I forget what it was. It wasn't what if Ned had lived. It was, I'm what not if? sure what it was, but I thought at the time, oh gosh, it was really interesting. I wonder, I think maybe it was, oh, it was what if Cersei and... Jamie's business had been outed before uh, the ship hit the fan. What if Ned had been able to successfully yeah. bring that out into the open? That like instead of letting Cersei do it. Yeah. <laughs> That would be a very, very interesting AU that would lead to more of the same sort of style of fic that we've seen in the book with conflict and, and war and so forth. Because it, um, it made me wonder, would the Lannisters back them up, or is this such a taboo that even Tywin, even Tywin would, would turn against it? Yeah, that's a good question. And... I agree with Aaron when he said that he extrapolated out, oh, they're, they're going to make Ned Stark take the black. He's going to go up to the wall and he's going to be with John and there's going to be hilarity with Benjen and they're going to find out about the others and it's all, and none of it happened. And yeah. it, it could have been such a great story and it's not the direction George Martin I mean, Martin's it's a completely going. different story, which is why I love AU fix. I mean, they shook hands. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think there's, or, I mean, it's, it's taking on something that's not the story that they were trying to tell, but it's still a really interesting story. Yeah. Like you, you're not allowed to read this until you finish B5, but a dark distorted mirror goes back to the battle of the line and says, what if they hadn't picked up Sinclair? If they picked up somebody else? Or if yeah. Or not, not picked up, did they pick up someone else or did they not pick up anyone at all? They picked, they picked up someone else and it turned out he was a latent telepath and hilarity follows from that, but they did not pick up Sinclair. And I almost think it would have that. been interesting if they hadn't picked up anybody at all, but then I guess there would be no story because Earth would have been destroyed. Exactly. I don't want to get too much into yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, will, I will read the fic and I don't want it spoiled for me, but I'm just, just with saying oh, no, no, no. What, what I'm talking about is all in the prologue, but it, okay, it, it, it's, good, related to, it's related to stuff that yeah. happens and is revealed in the series and I I don't want to spoil Omli. <laughs> it is appreciated. Um, are you yeah. a B5 watcher? I've watched some, but not recently. Okay. All right. Well, I won't then. I'm not yeah. a... It's not a big deal either way. Oh, I don't boy. have a TV. I mean, we watch <laughs> stuff on DVD sometimes. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah, sounds real familiar. <laughs> I actually well, I just... mostly watch DVD, but I watch DVDs on my TV. Mm-hmm. We watch on the PlayStation usually. There you go. I was using my laptop. I'm still using my laptop, actually. I just have a TV to output it to now. We have 
quite a few good discussion points. I think we can get at least two more episodes out of this book. Okay. I mean, it, it doesn't even matter. I was just basically what the reason I asked is because I think it would be useful to start the final one knowing it's the final one. I agree with that. Instead of just being going and going and going and then getting to the end and realizing we're done. I think it's beneficial to plan which one's going to be the final because then we'll be moving on. I'm trying to think of other points in this book that we could talk about. Yeah, I, I honestly, I really can't think of any more. I'm ready to get there's, to the next There's one. no more point of view characters to talk about, but there are other characters that I would be interested in talking about, like John Aaron and, and Lissa Tully uh-huh. and their situation yeah. up in the Erie. Yeah, I know we did t- touch on Lysa some, and Lysa's more interesting later. What about her? I know we talked a bit about Varys and his business and his friends and what he does and who mm-hmm. he talks to and Little his whispers would be, and his spiders. Little and then again, off. when it comes to some of these characters, they do have stuff going on in the second book that we could Yeah, that's, that's back, what, what so. I said. A lot of them are more interesting later, particularly yeah. the secondary characters. And, okay. you know, I just, I'm ready for, I'm ready to get, I mean, I'm, I know we still have stuff left in the first one, but I'm getting ready to be interested in A Clash of Kings. Yep. So on that note, That's it for- <laughs> we, we have nothing else to say tonight and it's 11 o'clock and we have to go to bed because we like sleeping. Because we're tired. Yes, because we have work in the morning. Some of us. <laughs> but not all of us. Not all of us. So we are the Poofo Exchange. Tune in next week. It will be episode 38. We'll be discussing Babylon 5. Yes. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.